0: I don't know what that thing's supposed to
1: be.
0: Maybe it's supposed to be my sword, my petard. Good morning, this morning, everybody. I forgot about the um, the situation regarding headphones. I didn't think about that. Because I cannot cannot wear my crown and my headphones at the same time. Why It's confounding to me. You should have those earbuds or something like that. I should have the earbuds. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I will. Good morning this morning. Everybody all dressed up for Halloween. Are you? Well, it's uh, it's raining outside. As long as the weather holds up, then we'll be fine, won't we? Won't we now, everybody? Good morning this morning, everybody. I just have a few demands here. I'll let you know. Just one couple, couple of it's demands. True. It's true. It's true. It's true. The The crown has made it clear. The The climate climate must be perfect. Oh, yeah. A law was made a distant moon ago here. July and August cannot be too hot. And there's a legal limit to the snow here. In Camelot. Come on, people. I demand it. The winter is I don't know this part. December December, And exits March the 2nd On on the dot, yes By order summer lingers September In Camelot Come on people, sing it with me Yes, Camelot Camelot I know it sounds a bit Bizarre, come on people You know it though But in Camelot Camelot That's how conditions are Yes, one of my favorites, by the way, yes. Sing along with me. Fall, it's hotter than the hinges down. of hell in here. The morning fog B- must In short, there's simply not, not a more congenial, congenial, congenial spot for happy here ever aftering than he... than he... Sorry, sorry. In Camelot. Come on, my friends. It's your new kingdom, the Radio Free Almond Kingdom. Yes, and I'm the king. I feel very humbled saying that to you all of you because I'm the king of radio-free Almond here. Oh, lots to talk about. Lacey Reinhart's in later. Camelot, Camelot. I know, know it sounds. I almost, I almost got that, Richard Burton, but, but in Camelot, Camelot. Those are the legal laws. Oh, look, I'm getting earbuds. The snow may never slush mm-hmm. upon the hillside. I wish I knew every word I don't. By 9
2: p.m., the moonlight must appear.
0: The moonlight must appear. In short, there's simply not mm-hmm. a more congenial spot mm-hmm. for happy mm-hmm. ever aftering than mm-hmm. here in Camelot. Yes! This morning, everybody. Radio Free Almond is where it's at, and you are with me here. And yes, I chose a day in which the humidity level is 95% in the studio, but that's going to be just fine. Thank you very much. And I also did. Oh! It's Mad Dog Madman Matt! Oh! Here I am, people. <laughs> I would not last in the ring with him. Who am I like? King, whatever. King Cuddy. <laughs> King Cuddy. <laughs> Matt's gonna know. kick my ass in the studio <laughs> Dude, is that a real uh crowd friendly? I love it, man. I got I didn't anticipate I forgot the I have the crown, but I have the uh you can get Bluetooth earbuds on Amazon. Thank you, Mama K. will I'll get right on that. I will Amazon delivers same day, don't they? So can I plug this in? gotta get you an adapter Oh cool. One I didn't anticipate is, you know, I, I don't know what they did in the old days. Um, you know, when the, when the king would broadcast before what he would do, I guess he had his own earbuds. He had his, he had his, uh, he had his, uh, his Camelot-issued earbuds. Thank you very much. You're Thank you, Matt. Oh, look, this is cool. Oh, well, this, like, this is like, oh, this is nice. I do this all the time. This is what, uh, you see, people normally, like, they don't have... Uh, they don't usually wear um they don't wear headphones and if they because they don't want to mess up their hair. I on the other hand, uh don't really care about that because I don't have much of it and therefore I don't really care whether I mess up my hair or not. But uh and then Roy Blunt, for instance, I'd have him on the air and thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. Uh and I Roy Blunt would be on the air and he wouldn't wear headphones at all because he, he didn't want to mess up his hair at all. So he wasn't going to be messing up his hair in any way, shape, or form for me. So he would, he would always come in and wouldn't wear the headphones, which kind of made it hard because you'd want to have, like, you know, music playing and you'd want to get in, uh, you know, the uh, – at least you want me to use a king's – why, at least? I'd love to use a king's accent for you, my dear. But at last I cannot always speak this way. I would love to speak this way the entire time, talk about immigration and the upcoming midterm elections, my dear. But I cannot all of the time. I'll try to some of the time, but I cannot all of the time. So, my dear Lise, I will be your king for a short period of time. Hey, by the way, Camelot is uh, one of my faves, man. I love that. I, all I, I don't have, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at I, I I put the the goatee probably wasn't necessary. Probably makes me more look like a musketeer, but you know, every once in a while you got to let it all all go. Now I just happen to have this costume because, uh, uh, oh, you're more you'll, than welcome, Lee. Uh, uh, I happen to have this costume because I, I actually usually I think the girls have kind of grown out of it, but that's okay. Uh, they I used to accompany them as sometimes like the, the the partner in their particular costume. So one year, uh, for instance, I, I was, uh, I guess they were one of the Disney princesses and for a while there, they were, they were Disney princesses all the time. So this thing came in handy. Cause I would just, you know, one year I would be Natalie's partner next year I'd be uh, Lily's partner. And then, so I, I would be able to just adjust, but either way I was always like one of the D- Disney princes and I would accompany them around one year. Lily was uh, Mary Poppins. She was really into Mary Poppins and and loved Mary Poppins. And she was Mary Poppins one year, and I was supposed to be the Dick Van Dyke character. I was supposed to be the chimney sweep, that guy. So Mary Poppins though was dressed, you know, in the in the ultimate like the 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 party costume, you know, the the uh, the the dance, the the formal thing. And I guess I didn't check with her about what I was supposed to look like, but I think she thought I was supposed to look like the person in the you know in the suit and and that cool little hat that he was wearing and and kind of that that um pinstripe suit that he wore in Mary Poppins, but instead what I did was I dressed uh, like the chimney sweep. And so I had my face all kind of charred and I was I was uh Dick Van Dyke the chimney sweep and so I show up to greet her as her partner, and she won 't go near me, so Lily would want to have nothing to do with me uh, because I, I I dressed inadvertently as the uh, a, a, as the chimney sweep character and not the formal character that would take her to the dance so um, that's the one year I definitely did screw up, but it was it was still all good. It was still fun. So good morning this morning. and happy Halloween everybody. And uh, Lacey Reinhardt, as I said, from Haunted STL Tours is going to be in town in here in about uh, eight o'clock or so, and we'll have a little fun with. it. We're going to follow up on our Lamp Mansion tour that we we took, uh, and and from, from from that night and exactly what happened that night, and and uh, they have got some new information about what they saw. And what was part of that whole process there so we'll uh we'll have her in and uh and deal with that I know you guys have been focused on this uh issue regarding birthright citizenship, and if everybody acts as if this is a uh deal where uh you're supposed to you're supposed to have some kind of uh situation where this is a base issue. This is some kind of like issue where we are supposed to be uh, individuals who don't bother with actually taking this seriously and instead somehow are in a situation where we act like this is just Trump appealing to his base and doing all this kind of thing. Uh, But, but the fact of the matter is, and, 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 actually Tucker Carlson did a really excellent interview with an ex-Trump advisor on this subject. And uh, this interview was done uh, a a while back, but it was also done last night. And this is uh, Michael Anton, who talked about the citizenship uh, being not a birthright and that, in fact, the 14th Amendment was not designed for individuals who who are – Uh, non-citizens so what's what we're what's happening right now is you have people and this is not just about uh this is not just about uh mexicans coming up here and having babies The, the people who are the ones actually who are using most of the anchor baby abilities are the chinese and the russians and curiously you know i thought we were supposed to be enemies of the Russians, or they, they were our mortal enemy, whatever. But but what they're doing is they're flying over here and having babies and getting their citizenship that way. So this isn't about brown-skinned people or whatever. The people who abuse the anchor baby loophole are the individuals who are Russian and Chinese for the most part. So Tucker Carlson had Michael Anton on last night. I couldn't find... The interview. I listened to the interview, but it was wasn't the first time that Tucker had uh, Michael Anton on. And by the way, forget about the Democrats having anything to say about this because their leading Democrat, Harry Reid, back in the day, said the anchor baby thing was a travesty. And it just so happens through the wonderment of actual videotape, we have Harry Reid on videotape saying exactly the same thing that Donald Trump is saying. And that's why Democrats have their ass in a pinch right now over this whole thing. It's why they can't really talk about immigration because, I mean, Harry Reid even went so far as to be calling them illegal aliens. So, And I have that on tape. And so that's that's why uh, their ass is in a vice right now, and they can't really talk about it. this, is, which is why they'll just call you a racist for bringing it up and, and, and because that's all they have because they themselves agreed with Donald Trump back in the 90s and and, and absolutely agreed with him on this. And so that's why they really can't talk about this, and that's why they call you and Donald Trump and everybody actually associated with this, uh, why they call you a racist when you don't agree with them because they have no other outlet here. But let's not not mince words here and especially when it comes to the 14th amendment. So this is a uh, this is a uh 3 minute and 49 second clip. But I really think you want to hear about from uh, from Michael Anton because he's an excellent an excellent interview on this subject. This was done actually in July, but it wasn't much different than the interview I heard last night. So the anchor baby situation has been a uh, a thing for a while now. And so Make no mistake, the 14th Amendment was not intended to allow for people to fly over here, have babies, and suddenly they have citizens and and all the access to all of what the government has to offer. And again, it's a a lot of people from Muslim countries, uh, a lot of Chinese, and a lot of Russians using this. So this isn't necessarily – if they want to make it out, out to be about Guatemalans, they can knock themselves out. But that, those aren't the people who are really using the Anchor Baby thing as much as the others are. So uh, good morning this morning. All of you just tuning in saying, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, well, it's Halloween, so I'm, 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 dressed, to, I'm dressed and ready. And I'm going to pull out that. You don't think I'm not going to pull out that, uh, that, uh, that Camelot again, let me tell you. All right, so here is uh, Michael Anton, really great. Uh, when it comes to just uh, nailing it down regarding what exactly the 14th Amendment was all about and what this issue is all about. Check it out. Most of us
2: grew up learning that the American Constitution, our Constitution, guarantees birthright citizenship. In other words, anybody born in this country, even to parents who are here illegally or simply on vacation, is a U.S. citizen and do all the benefits of that for life. But is that really what the Constitution says? Michael Anton does not believe it says that. He's a lecturer at Hillsdale College and a former Trump advisor. Just wrote a piece in the Washington Post arguing that birthright citizenship is not a constitutional requirement. Michael Anton joins us tonight. Michael, thanks a lot for coming on. I'm amazed the Post printed this piece. Good for them. You took a lot of heat for it. People were shocked by the idea that you would even question this. But you made your case partly on legal grounds. Why does the Constitution not say what we've been taught it says? Well,
3: you have to read the whole 14th Amendment. It says there's a clause in the middle that people ignore or they misinterpret subject to the jurisdiction thereof, thereof meaning of the United States. What they're saying is, if you're born on U.S. soil, subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, meaning you're the child of citizens or the child of legal immigrants, then you are entitled to citizenship. If you're here illegally, if you owe allegiance to a foreign nation, if you're the citizen of a foreign country, that clause does not apply to you. If you read the debate about the ratification of the 14th Amendment, all the senators who are discussing what this is meant to do and what it means are very clear on this point. I tried to point that out. I expected the left would blow up and get angry, which they did. Uh, what I didn't expect, at least not to this extent, and what was very disappointing, was how angry the so-called conservative intellectuals got with me. And they essentially said any opposition to birthright citizenship is, is racist and evil and un-American.
0: <laughs> and, and Tucker's laughing because these uh, conservative intellectuals like Bill Kristol and all these other morons from the National Review reflexively act as if this is an issue regarding nativism and these people on the so-called conservative side the max boots and the bill crystals and the ben sasses and all these guys uh talk about this as being a nativist pursuit the idea of getting rid of the birthright anchor baby loophole and and of course it's not and it's entirely constitutional and it's tied to the 14th Amendment, and it's easily discussed and easily rid of if you really want to try. And so this isn't nativist by any stretch, although the boobs in the uh, conservative, the so-called conservative movement, are uh, absolutely going to pull, pull that. And that's why Tucker's laughing because these guys are so predictable. So anyway, here you go.
3: And I'm still in the middle of this debate, writing back and forth. It'll go on for a while. I'm happy to do it. I'm a happy warrior on these questions. But it shows you, you know, you asked the speaker, why are the uh, Republicans so bad on this question? He gave you some answers. I asked uh, parallel question. Why are the so-called conservatives, the intellectuals, the conservative scholars so bad on this question? That's
2: one of the things I'm trying you're to point about out. The, 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 the non-profit people who've been consuming <laughs> billions of yes. donations for right. 40 years as the country gets more liberal and then yes. lecture people like you that you're sort of not towing right. their line? Yeah, these
0: are all the, these are all the people from the National Review and the Weekly Standard and those guys who have been taking money from globalist interests for decades now unimpressive group. Deeply uh, unimpressive group. I'm I am talking about them the, if I were you. Oh, I know who you're talking about. No, I'm talking about the writers uh, so, but, and the
2: think tank scholars. Oh, I'm very aware of exactly yeah. who you're talking about. But, but let, let me ask you this. So the people who wrote the 14th Amendment did not envision a moment where, I don't know, thousands of Chinese would fly to Saipan, have their children there so they could become yeah. U.S. citizens, or people would sneak in illegally into this country so their kids would get American benefits. That wasn't kind of no. a consideration for the, that the, the purpose of the 14th amendment was to settle
3: the question of the citizenship of freed black slaves so this is right after the Civil War, and you have some people in the country citing the Dred Scott decision, widely re- regarded as the worst Supreme Court decision ever, which held that no black yes. person could ever be a citizen. And the Congress said, we're going to overturn that forever and make it clear that if you were born here and you're subject to the jurisdiction, as all freed slaves were, then you are a citizen and no state can take that away from you. But they also make it clear in language in the debates and in the Civil Rights Act of 1866, passed the same year as this debate, by the same Congress. Congress, yeah. that you have to be not subject to any foreign power in order to be eligible for birthright citizenship. And all the people attacking me and freaking out about this, they don't really have an answer to that. They just glide past it no, and try to not. obfuscate and point to other other things that aren't relevant. If you read the debate, it's very clear what the framers of that amendment meant.
0: So the 14th Amendment was designed to afford citizenship to freed black slaves. That was the intent of the 14th Amendment. It was not an amendment that was offered up by our founding fathers so we could open up the pathway for foreigners to come here and have babies. So the interesting part about all this is that it's an amendment that was designed to afford citizenship to freed black slaves when these goofballs before that refused to do it. Uh, Andrew Johnson, in fact, vetoed the the measure that was designed to do that through Congress. So they said, well, we're going to have to do this through the Constitution because uh, Congress did, in fact, pass legislation that was uh, in in 1866 that was supposed to be uh, affording black citizenship freed black slaves because obviously with the Dred Scott case which was a horrible case they uh, they weren't going to give black citizenship so they passed that and Andrew Johnson who was basically a racist came and, and said no we're not going to do that and so finally they said alright well uh, we're going to then pass a constitutional amendment that is going to, uh, to to make this happen and so that's how we got the 14th amendment it was a civil rights fight on behalf of freed black slaves, it had nothing to do with opening our borders to Chinese people or Russians or Muslims to come over here and poop out some babies and get federal Tax dollars to support them that was not what this is about and ironically the very people who are calling you uh, racist for wanting to end birthright citizenship are utilizing an amendment that was passed solely to help freed black slaves they're using that amendment to call you a racist which is uh funnier than all hell but that's kind of the way it all goes and and that is why it's really important to uh to focus on this debate from more of an intellectual point of view than anything else. Now, I don't know whether you remember, uh, and and one of the reasons why the uh, Democrats are in such a bad position on this and and such a a bad situation on this is because uh, they agree with President Trump and have agreed with him for the past 20 years on the matter. Uh, Whether it be Harry Reid or any of the other Democrats, they've all said the same thing. And one of the things uh, that they say is what Harry Reid said back in 1993. Now, keep in mind, Harry Reid is not only talking about getting rid of the anchor baby deal, but he is also talking about calling them illegal aliens. Which is even funnier because nowadays they don't call them that they call them undocumented citizens or what have you. And so, again, the Democrats can't really talk about this in in any way shape, or form with any kind of credibility because they agree with President Trump and have run on this issue before, and also because uh they you know you have the Shepherd Smiths of the world who call say that the president has no power here he absolutely has uh A lot of power, a great deal of power here. The Congress has afforded the executive branch wide-ranging powers to decide who comes to the border and who doesn't. That's just the way it is. And so, uh, again, let's go back to 1993 and none other than Harry Reid, all right? Here we go. If making it easy
4: to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No, no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee a full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense? Country county run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers. You
0: tell it, Harry Reid. You 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 go, Harry Reid. You tell the truth there, Harry Reid. Which is why, again, Democrats are on the landmine that only blows up when you step off of it. They have zero credibility on the matter. And so, what what more do you need to uh, you know? To, oh well, thank you, Beth. I appreciate <laughs> Emperor of Common Sense. I like that. Maybe that could be my wrestling name, Matt. Since I don't really have Matt's in his wrestling outfit today, and I don't really have a wrestling name, so uh, I could probably use Beth's Emperor of Common Sense. I'll do that. the The Emperor, ladies and gentlemen, the Emperor of Common Sense versus uh, what is your what is what I know you're dressed as a wrestler, Matt, but what is the uh, what what are you are you you that's a real thing though, right? That's like a real You're the Terminator or the Exterminator or the uh Brother I'm the
1: Almanite <laughs> <laughs>
0: the oh! thing I'm here for and that's justice. <laughs> <laughs> justice, he's a justice warrior. And <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, you know, um uh this it, is gonna be great because uh when Lacey's in at eight, she's gonna you do you know her dad was a wrestler at Wrestling in the Chase. No I'm not kidding. He was the uh, the guy who p- played the Nazi. Nice. He was. I forgot his name. Uh, all of a sudden, I forgot his name too. But I know what you're talking about. But her her dad her dad was a wrestler at wrestling at the Chase. Fantastic. I bet she jumps when I open the door later. He's still around too. He wore he wore he wore that. Although this wouldn't fly right in this in these days, you know. But that was back in the day when people were sane and 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 were just kind of like you know, uh, uh, oh yeah, Lisa says you're the Al almin alminator. <laughs> so uh yeah. no but but he, that was back in the day man but when people just you know did their thing and uh he wore he's the guy who wore the uh Nazi the helmet oh. that had the thing on it I can't yeah, yeah. the the spike on the top Yeah, the spike on the top. Yeah, I that. Her dad that was her that's Lacey's dad. Whoa. I'm not I'm kidding you man. So she's going to gonna, she's going to love your costume. She's going to love uh it's going to bring back a lot of memories for her cuz she and her dad are tight so that's that's uh that's uh, very cool. So anyway, there's Harry Reid and then Michael Anton. I mean, what what more do we need to uh to settle this issue? Of course, uh, that didn't stop some of the so called conservacrats out there uh from deciding they were gonna make this a uh a, a big deal and and attack uh all of the people who are uh angry about this uh attack you as being racist and and nativist and so uh they decided they were going to you know uh they were going to just go ahead and go off on on the matter and and so don't let yourself be accused of being a nativist or xenophobic or mean uh the 14th amendment to the constitution is not for baby making on the part of foreigners just so they can get benefits of being U.S. citizens or benefits from the federal government. In fact, the 14th Amendment was, in its very genesis, designed to give citizenship to freed black slaves. It wasn't for anybody else, and it wasn't – a a means of the United States government reaching out to foreigners or opening our doors. It wasn't the first uh, installment of the Statue of Liberty. None of that nonsense that you're hearing from the left, who suddenly, by the way, it's interesting how the left suddenly become constitutionalists. So if if there's anything that we've been able to manage to improve upon is that we finally have liberals and, and, and certain people talking actually about the constitution. Suddenly they're in love with the constitution, but this time for all the wrong reasons, because the 14th amendment wasn't designed for individuals to have babies here just for the sake of having ties to the federal government and all of our generosity. It wasn't designed for that, but Knock yourself out, left wing. If you guys want to, if you guys want to talk more about the Constitution, uh, if you love the Fourteenth Amendment so much, we'll, well, maybe we can get you to love the Second. Maybe, 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 maybe we're actually making some progress uh, for for that. And uh, Mama Kay, I don't think Lisa, I don't think the. Uh, I don't think that the, at least, thank you, uh, by the way, I, I was, I didn't know that either about the 14th Amendment. I, I mean, that they're using this as a cudgel to beat you over the head and call you a racist, but you have to know what the 14th Amendment was all about to be able to defend yourself against these witches who continue to do that. Uh, Lisa, I, I, I don't think they could make it a, uh, I don't think they can make it ret- retroactive, so I don't know. You now you're wanting now your <laughs> Mama Kay is like, yeah, make it retroactive. I think now you're pushing it. If you're gonna if, if you're gonna make it retroactive, that would mean then, you know, deporting seven month olds, and that's probably not gonna that's probably not actually gonna gonna happen uh, at at this juncture. So we've got lots to talk about today. I actually saw a very interesting person speaking uh, last night at the Maryville University Speaker Series. I was fascinated by this woman. Her name is uh, Lisa Genova. Are you guys aware of who Lisa Genova is? She is the writer of a book called Still Alice, which is a story about a young woman who uh, suddenly gets Alzheimer's at a, at a young age. And, in fact, uh, Julianne Moore, I think her name is, won the Best Actress Award for this uh, for the screenplay adaptation of this movie, uh, of this book. And believe it or not, actually Lisa Genova, uh, is amazing. Uh, it's an amazing story. Cause she self published this book when the publishers would not, uh, buy into it, would not publish it themselves. She, she self published, uh, the 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 book and uh and and herself and it became a bestseller and 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 then became a movie an academy award-winning movie and everything else so uh i I'm, i'll tell you a little bit more about that because she had some really interesting things to say uh about communication and uh about how to basically uh communicate with people that you can learn via communicating with people with Alzheimer's, which I found really fascinating. And, and she was, uh, great. So, uh, Jamie Frisella, you know, Lisa Genova then good. Uh, yeah, I know mama came Julian Moore's a liberal hot mess, but you know, what was great about last night though? And the speaker series, there was not one, <clears throat> there was, there was not one comment in any way, shape or form, Uh, About politics. It was like, you know, I figured with Alzheimer's and with all this kind of stuff, somebody would make some kind of crack in their questions or something to Lisa Genova about is Donald Trump has Alzheimer's. I was just hoping that that wasn't going to be the case. And it wasn't. So it was a discussion. That was totally free of any backhanded criticism of the president or any politics whatsoever, but it was very uh, illuminating when it came to communication because i 've always thought in fact i 've dealt with this when we did the uh, uh, when, when richard winter and and uh, his long term care centers and and talked about alzheimer 's care and, and and one of the writers of a book called uh, Creating Moments of Joy." Uh, talked about it, talking to individuals who are uh, in dealing with people with Alzheimer's, and and one of the things that was interesting about all this is, uh, and I'll, I'll just tell you right off the bat here because because you guys are listening, and then I'll talk more about it later. Uh, there are people in your life uh, who there are those who are the yes and people, yes and, and there are the yeah buts, okay. And, 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 uh, in communicating in your normal life, do you, are you with people? Do you know people who, the minute you talk about something or you raise a suggestion or you have an idea, they're always the yeah, buts. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. They're always like disagreeing with you without really disagreeing with you, but they're, but they're the yeah, buts. They're the people who say, "Hey, why don't we do this?" And you're, "Yeah, but blah." Or, "Hey, you know what? I'm feeling really good." I'm like, "Yeah, but." Those are the people, the yes and people. That's that's that. Those are the people you uh, who create relationships with other people. Those are the people who create relationships. And and one of the one of the examples of that that she used, which is a really beautiful one, is let's say that you have somebody or know somebody who's in the throes of Alzheimer's. And and let's say they are eighty years old, or they're your eighty year old mom, or your eighty year old dad, or whatever. And and they say, "Hey, uh, my mom's coming over today. I can't wait." And of course, the yeah, but people say to that person who was in the throes of Alzheimer's, uh, uh, "Oh, yeah, but you know, your mom's been dead for thirty years. That's not really going to happen." The yes and people say, "Well." Why don't we go ahead and make some tea and wait for her? Isn't that beautiful? That's That creates a, an opening in a relationship with someone and suddenly uh, changes the whole dynamic of the discussion. And sometimes that person who is in, all, uh, in the throes of Alzheimer's who talks about their mother coming – Sometimes all they want is for the person on the other end of that relationship to affirm them. So they might even kind of really know that, yeah, husband dead thirty years, whatever. But, uh, uh, Lisa, isn't that true? That that made me tear up too, in just in just listening to that. But but that's a, that's a major difference. And so, Lisa Genova said those are openings of relate. That, that's opening a relationship with somebody. When, when you are the yes and person, but we all have people who are the, yeah, but people. And, and, and that creates a tension and and an unnecessary tension, not whether you're dealing with a a person in the throes of Alzheimer's or you're dealing with your husband or wife or your kids. And and that's also, and and actually it's, it's probably a skill. And Lisa didn't talk about this, but I was going through it, uh, and and uh, and I was thinking that's a great way to have uh, that's a it's a great way to communicate with children because children don't always have a necessarily like an anchor in reality all the time and, and so sometimes that's a way to establish a communication venue with a child. Children aren't always realistic about what's coming or what they're going to do or whatever, uh, but the more you yeah butt them. Uh, the the less of a relationship you have with them, the more you yes and them, in an affirming way and 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 go going go with it, then you have that opening of a relationship. So I really enjoyed that uh, that discussion. It was really great, and she's really an amazing uh, woman. And and again, I don't know what her politics are. No, I and. I don't care or whatever, but, uh, and the fact that she actually self published the book, uh, that is, uh, that, that was, uh, that was pretty darn, uh, amazing. And, and it became a bestseller and everything else. So that was my story about, it. but I got a lot out of it in a, in a communication format, uh, that I thought was really, uh, was really great. And, uh, it, and it, it also made you realize all the struggles that people go through when they, when they are dealing with a person in, in their family who was, uh, who is in the throes of alzheimer's and i have not had the uh, displeasure of having to experience that uh but nonetheless i know it is a thing and i know it's a, and it's an issue and and uh, but but you there are ways to make it easier and ways to make it difficult and uh being a yeah but as opposed to a yes and person uh, makes those difficult. I just love that whole concept anyway. We'll we'll continue on and uh Suzanne, thank you, dear. Appreciate it very much. Uh yes, I'm dressed for Hollow. Are you all uh I normally like if I were going into an office, I probably wouldn't be uh I don't know, dressing I maybe I would. I'm I'm that kind of person. So I I uh I would I would probably end up uh end up doing that. I, I explained earlier that this is the costume that I wear, that has been a multi-use costume because my daughters, when they were really little, were always Disney princesses, and so I would always accompany them when we would go trick or treating, and I would be uh, their sidekick oftentimes, and so I would wear this costume, and and uh, so it came in handy today, since uh, I'm, the, I'm the king. Uh, well, I used to be, <laughs> I still can be, I still will be, ultimately. The king of all media. <laughs> Somebody asked earlier, am I a prince or a king? I don't know. I'm, you know who I am? I'm whoever you want me to be today. I am whoever you want me to be. I am your king. I am your prince. I am your sidekick, your radio host. I'm, your, I'm whatever you want me to be. I'm yours. I also have my, uh, I brought this out earlier, and I called it my Petard. I don't know what it is. It's a stick. I could be your three musketeer. I could be your. I could be your defender. I could be your righteous defender. Whatever you want me to do, you want me to go ahead and whack that pirate? Sure, why not? Don't let it, I, you, is, is there someone right now coming to your door in a boat and about to take all your stuff? Then I then call me. I'll be. I'll be right there. Meanwhile, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins
2: of Golden Oak Lending. Now is the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use
0: the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home, and Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37.
2: I want to share your mouthful.
0: Yes, I do, my friends. I want to do all the things your lungs do so well. That too. Into Good morning, this morning, everybody. Uh, happy Halloween to all of you, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. DDTruckUSA.com Please don't pull me off, Facebook. Please don't pull me off. I got burned yesterday by the Georgia... Oh, was it Georgia satellites? I don't know what it was. I love this. I like that I liked my Alt-J. I used to love to play this and make Denise unhappy. <laughs> Denise hated Alt-J. But I loved it. This is a sexy song, too. Every other freckle, people. Come on. It's an awesome tune. Good morning this morning, everybody. And welcome to Radio Free Almond. I hope you all are having a uh, great morning. It's a little rainy out there, uh, but at the same time, it's warm. So as long as it stays As long as it stays warm, I think the kids will enjoy it, because it doesn't matter whether it's raining or not, really, or even a little misty or that kind of thing. So uh, that's going to be the situation. Coming up, also, uh, Lacey Reinhardt from HauntedSTLTours.com is going to be in, and we're going to follow up a little bit on our Halloween special that we had at the Lemp Mansion. And as you know, people had uh, video cameras and tapes and all that kind of stuff out there and Lacey says there are some developments uh in that whole thing, and so we're uh we're gonna figure out what they are and she's gonna also uh uh debunk a few things about the lamp and about other stuff that we're uh, we're talking about regarding uh, Halloween and hauntings and those kinds of things so look forward to having Lacey in at about eight o'clock and and I told her earlier she's going to uh uh, she's going to enjoy Matt's costume because he's a he's a professional wrestler, and her dad was actually one of the uh, wrestlers at the Chase, and he was back in the day. and And I haven't I haven't had the opportunity to meet him. I I've told Lacey, I said I really want to meet your your dad because he's really a cool guy. He was kind of uh, goth before there was goth, and so really uh, an interesting dude. And uh, she's going to be in earlier. Uh, Brad Hildebrand, what's up, Brad? How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, he's he's. Uh, Brad is uh said Burger King. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, appreciate that. I don't mind being Burger King, although I don't want to. I, I I think that I think that body with the big head's a little crazy. Margaret thinks I'm King. Arthur. Maybe King Arthur. I'll be. I, I, like I said earlier, my my friends, I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll be your prince, your king, your off with your header, your Burger King, whatever it happens to be. I will be there for you. That's all. So listen to this, people. And, and, and this is again another lie. First of all, the lie I debunked earlier was the lie about uh, the. Yeah, Todd Wrestling at the Chase was awesome. I used to watch that before church. It was I think it was on like at eleven, so maybe after church. I can't remember. I think it was on at eleven o'clock, uh, and, and and that was when they had that that tin floor, and they would uh, and 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 they would uh so like stomp on the. Stomp on the uh, on the floor and make it sound like you know they were hitting each other and, and make it worse than it was. So uh, yeah, Mama K, what? Ma, tell me what Lacey. What was I'm, it's? It's killing me because I can't remember what the name of her, her dad's stage name was uh, at wrestling at the Chase. But he, he was the one who wore the uh, who wore the uh, the the helmet with the spike on it and it was the like the Nazi guy, <laughs> which of course you couldn't be now, which is kind of a bummer because you know that was funny kind of. I guess in, a, in 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 an odd kind of way it was kind of funny at the time. Uh Baron von Rasky, was it? I don't know. I got I got I'll have to figure that out. Uh, And by the way, uh, Mark Cation's on as well, and I wish I could actually have a discussion with Mark about this Anchor Baby thing because Mark is no doubt one of those individuals, and maybe he agrees with Harry Reid back in 1993. Mark is one of the... that, That whole group out there is calling all of you racists for agreeing with the Anchor Baby idea, and they're acting as if President Trump just came up with this, which is also not true. President Trump actually has uh, talked about this for a while, and so have the Democrats. Actually, since 1993, they've been talking about it. So it's not like it's a brand-new issue to lather up the base, although I'm sure uh, it reminds people why we voted for President Trump. We voted for President Trump because he was finally going to do something about our immigration situation. We voted for President Trump because he was finally going to do something about our economy. We voted for President Trump because he was finally going to do something about the massive regulatory environment that is suffocating businesses. That's why we voted for President Trump, All right, people? And that's why we will vote for him again in 2020 and that's why it is confounding to me the idea that there's even a rat's chance in hell that the house will be taken over by the Democrats. I just can't imagine this country deciding they're going to roll back in its entirety the beautiful things that are happening with our economy. i just I, I I can't imagine anybody who would actually go and 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 vote for something like that and President Trump actually has uh went ahead and out and uh and tweeted a few things uh, trying to remind people that, you know, we're in right now uh, the, the, the best economy of the 21st century. And so if you want to go ahead and, and, and and roll it back, then knock yourself out. But who in the hell would do that? And certainly the house being taken over by Democrats would be a nightmare because all they would do is meddle. Although the, the good, thing is what they would do is inst- they'd be so busy trying to hold hearings and, and impeachment proceedings they'd forget about the economy which is what they've forgotten about for the past 40 years so uh, there's a good chance they wouldn't even think about it because they'd be too busy with other nonsense which is kind of what uh, the, the the party's uh, platform is, nonsense. Donald Trump tweeted out yesterday consumer confidence hits the highest level since uh, 2000, and that's true, 18-year high thanks to jobs and and, and thanks to to wages, an 18-year high. With one week in the midterm elections, the latest survey of consumers showing their confidence soared to an 18-year high and also found high expectations for 2019. The consumer confidence rose to 137.9 in October, the highest in September of 2000. The uh, CNBC folks uh, at, at the Power Lunch show said uh, that they believe that this is going to, uh, to last and that uh, in spite of the fact that we have the individuals who are uh, out there talking about the country going bankrupt and everything else, the fact of the matter is uh, wages are high. Unemployment is almost at its entirely full level. Unemployment among blacks is the highest it's been historically for God knows how long, among Hispanics and everything else. And so uh, they could keep talking about how the suburban white women don't like President Trump yelling at rallies and all that stuff, and that's wrong. And by the way, I was also hearing yesterday, and this this just drives me crazy, The I do believe at some point, and I wish I had more of the uh, – uh, more empirical studies to to show this but the fact of the matter is uh this myth of the undecided voter who's going into the uh process right now not knowing whether they're going to vote democrat or republican there's got to be there's got to be a very small number of these people it was kind of like going into the presidential election and people were wondering, well, let's see, are they gonna vote for Trump or or Hillary? And it was like by that time, and I said this in uh in September of 2016. I told people, I said, the election is over. The, the election is over. It's just a matter of uh what the result is going to be, what we're gonna see is the result. But the election is over. The midterms are over. There's nobody out there wondering. How they're going to vote? I mean, you can't possibly have a person who's going. Let's see, Josh Hawley or Claire McCaskill. I mean, how could you? How could you possibly be in a state of flux over that decision right now? Uh, either you are so busy you can't just possibly pay attention to any kind of news or whatever. Uh, but but that's a rarity. There are there aren't many people out there who are thinking hmm, let's see, uh, Gillum or DeSantis in Florida? It's like, no, you're either a Gillum person or you're a DeSantis person. And right now, you're one or the other. There aren't people who are just just trying to figure out what they're going to do in November. The election's over. So we're just trying to figure out what it's all about. All we're trying to do is just simply reinforce the already predisposed decisions to vote and keep the current structure we have, which is conservatism, Republicans, a great economy, highest consumer confidence we've seen since 2000. Uh, here's another debunk uh, of the lies that are being told by the Democrats. And, and actually, it's one that Claire McCaskill has been, uh, has been uh, talking about. And this is the whole farm price stuff. This is the how the tariffs are hurting farmers, which is a crockload of crap. If you look at the September price received index, this is the uh, this is this is what covers agricultural production. So the price of American farm products are falling right now, defying predictions that the Trump administration's policy would drive up food prices. So your food prices are actually going down. (laughs) Can you believe that? I mean, so so because what what happened is you keep seeing these stories about how uh, the tariffs are hurting agriculture and everything else and it's not true if you look at the numbers and these are September numbers so unless something crazy happened in October uh I I don't know the September prices received index decreased 1.5% from a month ago and that's that's still a significant uh, reduction in 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 prices that are having to be passed on to you compared with a year ago the prices of agricultural products are down four point six percent so from a year ago you're paying less for your produce your your vegetables anything related to growth on a farm so uh you, you're 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 paying less for your pork you're paying less for your bacon you're paying less for your lamb you're paying less for your steak all that stuff in fact uh, the prices are down four point six percent so unless there are individuals out there in the agricultural community and, and in the in the food community who are uh, who are just simply gouging there are there are individuals who will claim and, and, and stores or whatever who will, it's kind of like the gas Guys, sometimes what'll happen is there'll be a level of collusion. There'll be some mass hysteria uh, about uh, about shortages of, of of oil or whatever, and they'll go ahead and increase prices of gasoline, even though uh, the gasoline's in their tanks below their below the surface of their of their lot there. So they've already paid a certain price for that gasoline, but they'll increase the price anyway. Sometimes that's in anticipation of the future price increases, uh, but oftentimes these individuals are simply taking advantage of a situation uh, because in the news they're telling you that there's a gas shortage. So, of course, they're going to go ahead and hike their prices. All over the news they're telling you that agricultural that farmers are being hurt by the tariffs. So of course you're going to some people are going to use that to try to increase the prices of certain things when they don't have to. But but I'm telling you right now this is the September prices received index. It's a it's an index of, uh, regarding agricultural production. And it says compared with a year ago the prices of agricultural products are down 4.6%. So if you're paying if you're paying more for your pork and your beef, that's kind of your problem, and and, and whoever is selling it to you isn't reflecting the real prices of of uh, of what's been uh, the real trend of what's been going on. So so the decline is not due to Chinese tariffs on soy. The price of a bushel of soybeans actually rose 18 cents in September to 8.77 a bushel compared to a year ago. Soy prices are down 58 cents which is very likely due to retaliatory tariffs. And and, and farm prices as I've told you and as you already know are a leading indicator of food price changes. So the decline in farm prices indicates that the prediction that the Trump administration's trade policies would raise the prices of groceries for consumers were, as usual, wrong. And we're only anticipatory because people hate Trump and anything he does, they're going to attempt to derail by scaring you. So these predictions were widespread, as you all know. According to Breitbart, they're talking about uh, the Washington Post headline, for instance, that you could soon pay more for worse food. Uh, There's an article in Quartz magazine, a Donald Trump presidency could lead to food shortages in the U.S., there was a the market watch story your wine and food prices are going to rise when Donald Trump takes office and of course this was all uh because of the anticipated changes in tariffs the wall street journal uh actually took a, a more even-handed approach to all this and and talked about this but but uh uh even even reason magazine which is a libertarian publication and of course these libertarians some of them uh want think that tariffs are an abuse of the government and of course they're wrong uh, and and we've had this argument time and time again about what tariffs do and 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 about how tariffs are absolutely a defensible uh line of thinking when it comes to uh regulating commerce and, and that is that's actually constitutionally uh, one of the enumerated powers of the federal government is to regulate commerce, and we've been doing it since the birth of this nation, for crying out loud. And, and in fact, back in the day, the founding fathers were were had tariffs all over the place. Ronald Reagan, who was the king of conservatism, in fact, oftentimes libertarians will quote Ronald Reagan, but the fact of the matter is Ronald Reagan was taxing things such as Clothes pins for crying out loud. It's perfectly defensible and absolutely defensible. So uh, that's false. Uh, As early as April 2017, the fears of food inflation were totally overwrought. And now all of this is coming home to roost in the formulation of the facts that agricultural products are down 4.6% from a year ago, which means your food prices, for the most part, are down 4.6% or at least slightly in that realm. They're not going up, let's put it this way. And if they are going up, you need to talk to your grocery store or whoever's selling you your pork and your beef because they're lying to you about what they're paying for it, in all likelihood, unless they're unless they're getting it from... Uh, some kind of specialized meat producer or whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, that's those are the facts, and and carry those with you. And a little later on, at 7 o'clock, I'll, I'll double back on the 14th Amendment issue. It's 7 o'clock now, so I'll, I'll do it now. Uh, the 14th Amendment issue, uh, that's another thing you all need to be schooled on. I, I dealt with it right off the top of the hour, so forgive me if you think I'm actually then uh, – uh, in a situation, but where where I am uh, repeating myself. But the fact of the matter is, uh, the the Fourteenth Amendment, typically, a- as we've had in, in, in throughout the American history, Alexander Hamilton, the Alexander Hamilton view of the federal government, once again uh, was. Uh, taken hold in the 14th Amendment, which the 14th Amendment, which was created to give citizens to freed black slaves, was, of course, expanded by the left, by liberals, by a liberal approach to government to then include everybody who happens to come here from some foreign land. And that's that was not the intent of the 14th Amendment. And and, and, and so that was a great example of how uh, when it comes to the uh, general welfare clause, which constantly is, is, in my opinion, abused, but at the same time also supported by the Supreme Court, as you saw with Obamacare, the Supreme Court upheld Obamacare. Uh, they, they took on, once again, the Hamiltonian view of the general welfare clause as opposed to the Madisonian view. In the Hamiltonian view, is always more government, more government, more government, more government. The Madison view was less government, less government. So, you know, Madison wrote the damn thing. Why, why, are, why is everybody always listening to Alexander Hamilton on the matter? Madison wrote it, so they still though focus on that, and and that's just not uh, that's not that's not the deal. Uh, before I get to that, I want to let you know uh, NewsBusters has a really interesting little clip here uh regarding the uh the situation uh, about the midterms and it's funny how uh Democrats are being portrayed by the news media as stressing unity, which is the, one of the problems the offshoots of the whole uh this whole pipe bomb bugs bunny bomb thing because this idiot this trump supporting idiot uh did something that that totally backfired and created an environment where some of the worst people in our political structure are now being able to portray themselves as victims, which is a sad day. And so now everybody and their brother are acting as if the Democrats are the ones who are stressing unity and, and, and pursuing unity. And, uh, uh, yeah, father, father, Tom Hamilton wrote a good musical about himself. Actually, you know what? Uh, Hamilton is a, I, I saw Hamilton here in town and I thought it was, a, I thought it was a very good show. I, I really thought it was, uh, very well put together and 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 well done, and so I I thought it was a great show, uh, but but I, I I disagree with Hamilton, uh, and and think that he was a was a government expander, and uh, but but I, but the show itself was pretty damn good I thought. So anyway, uh, now all the ads are out there, and the news media is portraying the Democrats as being the ones who are uh, stressing unity. Yeah, Melissa thinks it's a farce. It was it was, but I I I. Uh, you know what? It's funny you say that, Melissa. Right now, I was just thinking that. Like, I hate wearing shoes. It's driving me crazy that I'm actually wearing shoes here. I'm wearing shoes so I could I could fulfill the uh, the boot the boot quotient of my of my uh, of my outfit. But I can't stand wearing shoes. It's driving me friggin' crazy. But then I look stupid putting my, taking my shoes off with these boot covers on. So I don't know, but yeah, I was just—I was just thinking that 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 I that that the uh, the the wearing shoes was driving me crazy. But that that that's just, that, looks, that looks weird like that then when I don't have shoes on and I have these boot covers on. So that's why I had to—I kept wearing my shoes on. But yeah, Melissa, you nailed it. I was driving me crazy. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Oh man, yeah, I can't stand it. I was just, I mean, that's all I've been thinking about for the past hour. Like I'm wearing shoes, it's driving me crazy. Anyway, uh, so so you could see that the 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 trend here is that the news media is acting. If uh, yeah, I should I should have some. Uh, do, do, do kings wear flip flops? They should. Have, they have some gilded. Don't they have any gilded flip flops anywhere? <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna eventually. I don't know. It's driving me nuts. I don't know how you managed to pe- peg that, but uh, I. Uh, I get uh, it drives me nuts I'm wearing shoes right now. I feel like I'm like totally out of my element. So uh yeah, Bendy, I could be the barefoot king. I well, you know, it's happened before for crying out loud. Maybe I'll do it anyway. So let me get to this really quickly, and then I'll get on to the uh to the other stuff. And and also on to this uh issue not only regarding the Fourteenth Amendment, but you see how they how they did Trump yesterday when he went to Pittsburgh? Lord, this this is this is this is this. These people will stop at nothing to exploit, even the deaths of eleven people, just to express their Trump hatred, when they have no reason to. It was really a debacle yesterday, the coverage and everything else of the of the Trump's visit to Pittsburgh. Lord, I mean that was just unbelievable, and people screaming at them and go home, go. It's like, are you kidding? Eleven people were just murdered in a synagogue. You really that pissed at Donald Trump that you got to stand out with your stupid signs and scream at the guy like he's responsible? Anyway, I'm covering like seven thousand different issues. Uh, uh, let me uh, let me give you this uh, this bit. So this is how the Democrats now are acting, and the news media is helping them do it as they're they're, they're the stressors of unity. All of a sudden, really nice. I mean, it's really amazing how the, tr- the transformation. Sorry. Combative style. Prima Donna athletes protesting me, our let me, let me, let me Adopting see. Trump's signature combative style. Prima Donna athletes protesting our
4: anthem. Left wing mobs paid to riot in the streets. The
0: screaming,
5: the violence, the smears, and death threats. While most
2: Democrats are going in the opposite direction, stressing unity.
3: You may have seen some of these negative attack ads seeking to scare you about what we're trying to do for this state and our country at this critical
0: moment. And both parties do nothing but fight. I approve this message because this is why I put party aside. Yeah, right. Heidi Heitkamp. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that Claire McCaskill is trying to run, that she's – I put party aside. I'm I'm not – Uh, I'm not one of those crazies. I'm just a normal, average, everyday Democrat. Nothing to see here. Oh, you've been flying around in Obama's plane your whole career, uh, at least when Obama's been there. Now you've got Joe Biden coming in for you. We know exactly who you guys are. You're, 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 you're the party that calls people racists and xenophobes and uh, nativists and uh, all kinds of other names because you don't have any solutions. You're the party that uh, focuses on Confederate statues and just calling people names when they don't agree with you. You're the party that actually is 1993, circa 1993 – thought that anchor babies and you even called them illegal aliens and now suddenly Donald Trump says exactly what Harry Reid said in 1993 and he's a racist nativist how does that whole thing work out i think americans are smarter and we're ultimately going to see uh, and we're also ultimately going to see that in the um, in the uh, in the midterms I, I, i'm not worried about him i just can't imagine this going anyway but in favor of conservatives, and if it doesn't, then there are individuals uh, who are on uh, suicide missions here. Uh, by the way, are there um, are there are, 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 Morgan? Are people having problems with Facebook or something, or uh, what's what's going on with that? Anything? Anything odd? Uh, I know that Ryan yesterday uh, did a uh, did a survey of you folks regarding the app. So we're working on. Uh, the situation regarding the app uh, and uh, everything good. Okay. Yeah. I I just saw a few messages about, uh, about this whole thing. Um, But, but Ryan said that he did a little survey backdoor survey with a lot of you on the app. And we're working on trying to perfect that or deal with that. We've talked to the company that runs the app because lately we've had problems with it. And I guess there's a possibility it's, it's tied to windows uh, the, our computer here that we, that I use, that I bought, that I used to, to, uh, to, uh, to run the app. It might be that computer. Uh, it could be the app itself. So we're working on that. So hopefully I don't know. Um, uh, and Lynn says the app isn't working today either. So we're kind of having issues with it. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether or not there might be a, uh, some other solution. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but it's, it's in and out, uh. But you're saying the app's working too, Matt. But uh, can you is it is it fine? Yeah, okay. So some for some people it's working, some people it's not working. Sometimes, really honestly, the app problem you're having is because you have an older phone and it's freaking it out or whatever. But 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 actually, there's there's so much of an issue this week that we're focusing on and we're working on that. Uh, uh, fairly, fairly soon. Anyway, uh, on to Pittsburgh and, and, and this coverage of the Pittsburgh situation, it's really shocking to me, the kind of petulance that there, that is being, uh, shown regarding president Trump's visit and, and this, uh, and this in general, father Miller, you know what you you, you bring up a good point about uh, the election coverage. I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do on election night and how we're going to roll with this. We're going to probably do something obviously on Facebook and I'm trying to throw together some kind of special election night you know, broadcast or whatever you guys can keep in your pocket on Facebook. It won't be on the app. It won't be a stream, but I will probably I'll be doing something on Facebook uh, for election. night. I just don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm I'm making plans, Father Tom. So uh, mark my words. I'll I'll uh, I'll figure something out and I'll be with you guys one way or the other uh, when it comes to uh, the uh, election night. So we'll be we'll be on there and and hopefully get some ties into the to the numbers and everything else. So uh, in Pittsburgh, and again, I don't. I, I know people have been traumatized by what happened there. Uh, there are people at the synagogue, for instance, who have been traumatized by it, and and so I guess technically, I, I don't blame them sometimes for uh, making rash and even irrational kinds of decisions or statements in the wake of that, uh, but. Even though I empathize with the situation, I think that the situation regarding uh, President Trump being responsible, I think you're a moron. I don't care whether you're at the synagogue or you're not at the synagogue. uh, You're terrible for blaming President Trump for the shooting uh, at the synagogue. You uh, have no soul. And, and you're only a political animal who is trying to uh, promote your particular political agenda on the backs of dead people, and that makes you terrible. I'm just I'm just saying. I mean I'm I'm not a I'm not uh, the arbiter of all things moral, uh, but I will tell you that if you're a person who is exploiting the deaths of these people at the synagogue and blaming President Trump, you're a, you're a, you're actually a terrible person. That's just I mean I don't think there's any way to 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 look at it uh, in any way, shape, or form, and and, uh, and and this rabbi and Vicky points out the rabbi is receiving death threats now. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's fantastic, isn't it? So, the, so the rabbi. Now, keep in mind, the person who did the shooting didn't like Donald Trump, didn't vote for Donald Trump, and was a right wing extremist who uh, was on all these anti semite uh, bull built bulletin boards web boards and things message boards and things like that. He was a t- this guy was terrible. I mean, I it's hard to believe people like that still exist in this in this country. It's it's really truly hard to believe. But there are I mean, there there are sites um there's a there's a website uh that called I shouldn't promote it though, but I'll say it anyway. There's a there's a website that's like totally racist called Chimp Out. You ever heard of Chimp Out? it's a website dedicated to just disparaging black people all day long and there are people on there who are commenting and doing all kinds of stuff and you're like looking at this thing going man it's hard to believe there are people out there who actually think this way i mean it's it's really bad and 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 so but there are and and actually there aren't enough of them apparently because such shootings at a synagogue like that is is very rare and uh and and very uh unusual, so thank God for that, so some of these people, while they blather on and and amuse each other with their terrible comments and terrible things they say uh don't actually act them out uh actually to any significant degree in terms of creating violence but uh nonetheless uh that's that's what's going on and anyway, so this rabbi initially did not um because his his congregants, for whatever reason didn 't want president trump coming it wasn 't because they would be it would be disruptive or you know because oftentimes you know presidents come to town uh and, and obviously you have to do all kinds of things to make uh, accommodations for them and it 's security and it 's this it 's that, and it takes away from some of the uh peacefulness that people are looking for and so I can completely understand that i think uh, I think the president's uh, uh uh, You know, it was, I, I feel the same way about, uh, you know, presidents throwing out the the ball at opening day. I'll never forget going to, uh, and I'm not comparing this to a mass shooting, but you know what I'm saying. I went to, I uh, took Katie when she was really little to opening day at Bush Stadium, and uh, George Bush came in, t- in to throw the first pitch out. And guess what? We missed, like, the first three innings of the game. I took the day off, took my daughter out of school, went to opening day only to stand in line for for uh, two hours because the president was throwing out the first pitch. It's like, really? Does he really have to do this right now? And so there are people who sometimes a presidential visit is disruptive. That's, I, I get that. But that wasn't the reason why they were protesting. They were protesting because he's Donald Trump and because uh, this grandfather of a Jewish baby and uh, – uh, father-in-law of a Jewish person and father of a now Jewish daughter suddenly uh, is a racist and is an anti-Semite because he puts America first, which again doesn't make any sense. And I realize that we have to be sympathetic, but I don't sympathize with the people who stand out on a street and yell at the president uh, in Pittsburgh. And that's what that's what ABC News decided they were going to hype. Uh, and, and 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 act like this is the, this was that the president was making this about him, which isn't true. This is it, it, if the president didn't go there. They'd call him even more of an anti-Semite. But this is the ABC News version of, of reality. Today, President Trump and the First Lady, his Jewish son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and daughter, Ivanka, traveled to the synagogue. Rabbi Jeffrey Meyer's there to greet them, the first family following the Jewish custom. Rabbi Jeffrey Meyer, by the way, so I, I'm sorry I didn't finish that story. He he uh, He initially was asked by his congregants not to greet the president. Uh, and oh, Margaret points out he has three Jewish grandchildren Thank you Margaret uh, the, but, but, but let's face it He's not, he's not an anti-Semite So uh, initially he Was going to decline to meet with the president uh, Because some people in the congregation Didn't want him to It wasn't because they wanted to grieve in peace It was because they thought Donald Trump was an anti-Semite And so the rabbi said You know what though This isn't right I mean he's the president of the United States I'm going to meet with him. And so uh, the the rabbi had some guts here uh, to to decide that the right decision would be to not to not shun the president at, at this horrible time, but embrace a meaningful and heartfelt visit. And he did. And that's how it worked out
3: of leaving stones to honor the dead. But it is a much different trip than the
0: White House had planned. But, 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 of course, they, they, why don't you just begin the story with the people shouting? You might as well. I mean, I know, I realize you know they get through the first 17 seconds of the story having to drudge through. Oh, there they go, putting the stones up on the ground. The Jewish tradition. Oh, Lord, let's get to the screaming memes, shall we? So 17, at least they waited 17 seconds before they... Started started their butt monkeying. But 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 just half a block away, this scene, neighbors shouting down the president.
3: It's not about you.
0: Let the families grieve this Right, yeah. Our... That woman doesn't care about letting the families grieve. At least that's my opinion about it. She just wants to yell at President Trump like every other lefty just wants to yell and scream and shout and hold signs about hate and all this kind of stuff. And so this is what ABC touted. This is, so they got rid of all the other, uh, all, the, all the stuff, that, that, all that boring stuff about laying stones and, and meeting with the rabbi. They, went, they, they were desperate to get to uh, these people hating President Trump. Neighborhood, you are not welcome here. Nearby, more than a thousand protesters carrying signs saying words matter. Stop encouraging hate. And you are not welcome in Pittsburgh until you fully denounce white nationalism. (laughs) The president, first of all, has denounced it. and, And this person who shot people at the synagogue said nothing about President Trump except negative things about President Trump. You have to realize that this person who shot those people at the synagogue is an outgrowth of a very strange, violent subculture of individuals out there who have been around since the beginning of time, it seems. And these guys have their same rap. It's all about Zionism and globalism and the u n and all this kind of stuff, and while we talk about globalism in a sense that uh, that that uh we are uh the, of globalist trade policies and things like that, they just don't like the fact that we that we even deal with israel so the so the very fact that we even kind of uh uh even even talk to Israel is apparently offensive to these goofballs so again. The president isn't responsible for what happened there, but ABC News will just as soon. And all these people, can you imagine the energy it takes to come out after 11 people are shot dead in your community at a synagogue? You've decided this is your time to protest the president. When when you, when half these people were probably at the damn march in D.C. and half these people will show up anywhere to protest the president. They decide this is a good time to do that. Something they would do anyway, as far as I'm concerned. So all they're doing now, is in my opinion, is exploiting the deaths of 11 innocent people to promote their anti-Trump agenda. That's what this is all about. I don't I don't believe these people have any real deep seated empathy for these victims or deep-seated concerns about the future or concerns about uh, uh, hate. They hate Donald Trump because they lost an election. None of these people voted for President Trump. And 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 when President Trump uh, talks about putting America first, that's not anti-Semite, being anti-Semite. That's not in any way, shape, or form being that way. And so uh, they're, they're, off, uh, they're off base. By a rally protesting his trip. Among the dead, Daniel Stein. His
3: nephew, Thank Stephen God. Halley telling me he's outraged at the president's suggestion, just hours after the tragedy,
0: that the synagogue should have had an armed guard. Okay, well, you know, you, you can, we can all have uh, our discussions about this, and 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 I don't know uh, the the president wishing that. Yeah, I mean, usually it's 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 it, having people around with guns is always a good thing. You can't arm, uh, you can't guard. You want to you you just I don't think we'd even want to be in a situation where uh where we want our churches with armed guards I mean that just doesn't make any sense, but at the same time though uh why is that such a big issue for these these folks why 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 is that such a big concern and and then like well, he's blaming the victims for not having guns it's like no, he's not now you could argue one way or the other about whether or not it's it's wise to suggest armed guards for a synagogue or a church but but that doesn't have it that's no reflection on the president's hatred of jews or anti-semitism or whatever it might be clumsy but so what it doesn't that doesn't make the president responsible for the deaths of these people nor does it make the president hateful Uh, it doesn't do any of that but nonetheless the news media focused solely it seems on the people who were uh, who were angry at the president there in Pittsburgh, and so yesterday, uh, you're just damned if you do and damned if you don't, and that's just uh, that's just the life we're going to be leading uh, on through uh, on through the midterms. Uh, the Happy Halloween, everybody! Good morning, this morning, live from the Discovery Design Studios, Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing. I just want you- DDTruckUSA.com is where that's at. And happy Halloween! Is it pouring outside? I thought I heard a little rain on the on the tin roof here. Is it pouring? That's going to get out of the system. And it's, at least it's warm, so uh, all the trick or treaters are going to have them some have them some fun. I'll put some pictures up from uh, my Halloween decorating and the kids and their pumpkin carving and everything else. I'll put that out there on the Facebook page as soon as the uh, show's over. And. Uh, I also want to let you know I really, truly appreciate the sponsors of uh, Radio Free Almond. Among them is Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time. Also, really appreciate Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com. Rates right now are, uh, are relatively high, uh, but keep in mind now still is the best time to buy a home. That people are wondering. Oh, I'll wait till spring. No, actually, wintertime is the best time, and I'm going to have Golden Oak Landing in with me uh, tomorrow, and we're going to be able to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, your options there. So, thank you, Golden Oak three one four five six seven Gold. Also, Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor, Proctor Drapery dot com is where you can find him. And Michael is a great guy, longtime friend, and has. Uh, put forth his support of the Radio Free Almond product like he did the Almond the Morning Show back in the day. I've got an update by the way. On Monday, uh we're gonna have our mediation uh, the mediation's gonna be kicking in. The when you when you go to federal court and I'm I'm suing uh suing Intercom as you all know and I'm perfectly perfectly position to go to trial on this trial's not until July 1st and uh, I'm more than happy to wait until July 1st to go before a jury so in the meantime though what happens when you're in federal court is that you uh the the federal judges uh always try to move things along and 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 rightly so cuz it's a, it's a, it's you know it's busy so they try to get the two parties to come to some kind of conclusion there uh, before the actual uh trial, seeing if you could settle or kind of come to terms on something or other, so uh, they call that mediation. So on Monday, uh, I'll be uh, it'll be a day long process uh, in court, and then we'll, uh, my lawyers will be with entercom's lawyers, and uh, there will be discussions about what's going on, and uh, we'll have a Discussion with the mediator. They'll have a discussion with the mediator and then we'll see whether or not there's some kind of thing that is uh, a uh, um, some kind of settlement. So right now we're asking for a million two from Entercom. So we'll see how we go from there. And uh, I want them to pay out my contract. I'll wait until mediation. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but that's my my suit. Is I I, I had two and a half years left on my contract, and so uh, I want them to pay me for wrongfully firing me. That's pretty much the the case, and we're fully prepared to go to trial on it. And uh, we'll see how it how it goes uh, uh, on Monday. That'll be on Monday. So uh, say some prayers for the Monday mediation, and I'll let you know how that whole thing works out. And some people were asking about TV yesterday, late in the show. I got to. Um, the, the TV discussion and people want to you're going to be back on TV. It it depends. We're gonna we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do well. Yeah, Melissa, the GoFundMe thing. I don't know. I, I'm actually um, I I am paying my attorneys, but it's it's basically a contingency basis. So they're going to take a portion of whatever I get out of this suit. So and then we're gonna make we're making Entercom pay that. So. We're make We're asking for them to pay my legal fees as well because I shouldn't have had to sue them for wrongfully firing me. So uh, that's uh, that's that's the bottom line, and that's how we're gonna how we're gonna do this. Yeah. So hopefully, Melissa, that's that the, 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 doesn't become an issue. So we'll we'll see how it how it all works out. Uh, but anyway, TV. Where people are asking about TV, and uh, oh, thank you, Pat. Yes, I am the king. I am the prince. I'm whatever you want me to be, my friends. And Matt's dressed up as the Alminator. So, uh, we're going to have a wrestling. Well, no, i Am not, not going to mess with Matt? I'll, I'll just kind of. Well, I do have my petard, but I don't think they allow those in wrestling. You can't hit people with sticks, but you got to use your hands. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, coming up, uh, so after this whole thing is over, depending on what happens with TV, we'll eventually try to, uh, worm our way back onto TV. The problem is television stations here in town um, are interested in, in uh, blood and guts and murders and fires and stuff like that. And unfortunately I got lucky because the almond report product was something that Sinclair uh, decided to take a chance on and actually wound up making a boatload of money with it. Uh, Our ratings were great. Uh, we competed with these other folks because we had a product that actually could have a uh, ha- ha- have a different. Uh, yeah, Father Miller's, Father Thompson's. I could use a chair, Matt. So, because yeah, they do that, and they, you know, I could I could roll you off the side with beat you with a chair. Is there a chair in here? A chair and Matt took all the chairs out. I know why. Of course, he did. He removed all the chairs from the studio. Oh, <laughs> he's oh, you're, ready, you're, n- now you're daring me. Re- Yes, Father Tom, I have defeated the alminator. At least for a short period of time, that is. <laughs> Lacey's going to love you. Lacey Reinhardt's going to be in here in just a few. Um, at, at 8, uh, she's with com. <laughs> that was good, Matt. Matt knows a little bit about this. Uh, and, uh, and he, uh, she, she, her dad was a pro wrestler, a wrestler at the chase. And so hopefully she's going to want to talk about a little bit about that. Uh, anyway, uh, the the TV thing is different. So so we had the TV show, and one of the things not only about our good, great ratings is our audience was high quality. Our audience was a coveted advertiser group, okay? And, and, and the coveted advertiser group are people who, first of all, are um, professional, who... Have relatively high incomes, who are intelligent uh, and, and and who are basically high quality people. Uh, having a high income doesn't make you a high quality person by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm talking about is they're people who advertisers tend to tend to gravitate towards, and so our audience might not have been as big as some of the other people out there, uh but. The quality of the audience was uh was very high did they take us did they take me off for this broadcast interrupted or was that just uh could it could it, could it have been because of the of the Alicia keys or what the hell I didn't even hardly play hardly any of that the internet, the internet or oh our internet dropped off so we're gonna we're gonna figure it out here hold, hold on um, is that because of the uh, oh they' they're now we're back broadcast interrupted oh the the uh our internet's acting funky hold on uh just a little bit it's because it's raining probably uh was it the chair i don't know i don't know what i what we did (laughs) yeah uh maybe it's the weather yeah suzanne you know it shouldn't be the weather though for crying out loud it's it's uh it shouldn't be a weather issue but that's what the, the, the internet does do that. I unfortunately, that's what uh, sometimes does happen. Um, there, yeah, well, it looks like we're kind of back. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, we're back on. Looks like it. Uh, we're back. Thank you, Margaret. Uh, thank you, Father Tom. Appreciate that. Yeah, Ben, you're right. Uh, but here's the thing. So anyway, we uh, we have a. Uh, situation regarding uh, the TV. So, the, so the TV product that I had, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep, keep, I'm not gonna bore you with all this stuff. But, but, but the TV product that I had, uh, was an excellent one. It, it was one that was um, uh, what a strong. We didn't have a lot of numbers, right? We didn't have the, the the high numbers that some broadcasts do. Uh, but we competed, and we had a high quality audience. Uh, an audience that that is coveted by advertisers, and so uh that was that was the key. It was the same way with with ninety seven one when I was there and it's the same way with radio free almond uh the the audiences the broadcast interrupted again damn it um i guess we're we're having issues with the uh, uh, it's the internet connection yeah yeah so what no, we really don't normally have issues like that with 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 that. Uh, no, it's not, Vicky. Yeah, no, it wasn't. The, they didn't knock me off. Oh, it's now. It's just taken off. Now it. Now it says that. I just got the, the thing for Alicia Keys. Damn it. She gets us, man. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. She's like fast. Like. Yeah. We'll get back on. I think, yeah, they were there. They're messing with me because for Alicia Keys, I should. I, should, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I'm trying to figure this out, but I, I can't really. Uh, I can't really do. I can't. Uh, that, that, that's just a pain in the ass, really. To tell the truth. So it's kind of like so. So the the reality is, uh, the the uh, I, well, back in 97 one, you know, for instance, you you wouldn't have as many listeners. Let's say, although we beat Wex all the time in in the ratings, I beat them in the morning all the time. Uh, but, but, but you didn't have a broad group of people, uh, but, but advertisers want people who are loyal and who listen a lot, and, and that was the key uh, and, uh, for my radio show as well as my TV show. And that's the key right now for the radio show is that when people listen, they listen for an extended period of time. And they and they and they are very loyal, and that's kind of one of the things that has been uh, separated me from from the rest of the people out there is that we I've had a very loyal uh, audience uh, that is um, uh, very uh, well put together and and will will reward the people who support the show. You don't find that oftentimes with uh, a a group like over at Cable X. it's such such a broad group of people. You're just like throwing out a net there, and half the people probably aren't even interested in what you're what you're selling. You're just not, you're not targeting a group uh, with with us and with the numbers, we could actually target a group, and and that was uh, that was an important component. So we'll see how th- things go with the TV show. Uh, the uh, a, a television station in town here would be uh, wise to pick up. The Almond Report, where it left off last april and and uh and because it would actually be a huge benefit for them and and also we had a great audience because the uh people who uh went to us were people who didn't like the current structure of the other news organizations because all they would do is is uh is Talk about murder. Talk about crime. Talk about fires. Talk about this. Talk about that. And it became depressing for people to watch news. There was no. There was no issue discussed. Uh, there was rarely, if if any, any kind of uh, any sense of humor in any way, shape, or form. And so uh, there was a lot of that kind of thing going on. And so people really did enjoy and like uh, the the actual uh, news product because they could watch it and not. Uh, they could they could even watch it with their kids, they, or they could they could do whatever, and and they could be able to gravitate towards a product that they didn't have to turn off or mute every five seconds because of some body bag coming out of a house or or something like that. So they did they did definitely gravitate towards that product because it was a it was a a totally different product and and a totally different news product. So they really did uh, they really did like it, and uh, and so a a radio a television station would be wise to pick up uh the Almond report once again and and get with it. So how are we doing over there, Matt? We're tribute, just a minute. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to uh double back uh, ultimately on the issue regarding the 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 anchor babies and and the reason why I think that's significant, this is significant is because uh, don't let people tell you That you're a racist or a nativist or that you are mean or that you are un-American or that you are whatever it is they're wanting to say that you are. Because this issue uh, regarding the anchor babies is one that has been discussed for the past 25 years. And some of the people who were talking about it and have been talking about it are none other than Democrats. And so you have the likes of Harry Reid and Harry Reid back in 1993 was talking about the anchor baby problem. This is 1993 people and this is Senator Harry Reid of Nevada. And where did he get to by the way? Is he still around? He's still in you know, I, I don't know. He for a while there like he lost an eye or something and and where he's where he's been, but I think he re- he did retire, I think, but he's but uh, I don't know where he's gotten to. We solved problems with the internet, buddy. Yeah. The, the Facebook's not letting me connect to him. It's showing zero. Oh. But then I came back. Let's see. If they finally. Now they finally let us back. Yeah. It bizarre. It was. It was connected, but it was blank. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't showing anything. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I don't I don't get that. I mean that whole thing where it's like, dudes, really? So I'm gonna have to just ditch Alicia Keys. I won't be able be able to play her anymore, I guess, and 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 forget about it. Because uh, you don't see us. There we are. They're back. We're back now. Good morning, this building, everybody. Happy Halloween, all of you guys. Uh, people dressed up for Halloween, because I am. Uh, we're ready to rock and roll. And uh, Lacey's going to be in in just a little bit from HauntedSTLTours.com. dot So uh, thanks you all for coming back. So all right, uh, and those of you on the app, uh, thank you as well. I know sometimes we 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 become uh, we become Facebook centric. Uh, for some of you and you're like, um, why are you always focusing on Facebook? And I'm not really not, but I'm just, I'm just some of you. I know a lot of you listen on the stream. Most of you actually listen on the stream as opposed to Facebook. So, uh, um, let's see here. Ooh, what did it do yes, Um, uh, okay. Let me just see. Uh, let me let me let me text Lacey and make sure she's coming in at eight, right? Um Okay. Just gonna make sure she's she's there. And then I will pop back on uh, the Facebook and get y'all ready to rock. And yeah, just keep an eye on the door there for eight o'clock and, and uh Lacey uh last time she came she was with Mama K. so she's uh, probably uh gonna be looking for way to get in a bit oh she oh she you know what she said she she didn't text me but yesterday when we talked she said seven forty five. so just keep an eye out for that matt thanks thanks a ton buddy okay so uh 1993 this is harry reed and he's on the floor of the u.s senate and keep in mind too he's calling them illegal aliens okay so keep in mind that 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 uh that, that has since changed because they call these people like undocumented wor- workers and undocumented citizens. And they've come up with all kinds of euphemisms to deny the fact that these really are what they are and that, that is illegal aliens. And so uh, they've changed the language since then. But it's part of the reason why Democrats are in such their, – their asses are in such a vice right now because they know they've been talking about this problem for a long, long time. And they know how they've been talking about it. They know that the anchor baby situation, the birthright citizenship is a problem. And they know it's been a problem for a long time. So that's why when you bring up the anchor baby situation, that's why they call you a racist. Because they have no other response. Because they know that they've been talking the same way the president has been talking for a long time now. And all of them have. And all of them have talked about it. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, anybody else. They've all addressed the problem of illegal, illegal people being here and illegal aliens. They've all addressed that issue, and they've all addressed it fairly sternly um, and in a in a hardcore way. And uh, And so they know that they've been talking this way for a long time. So – the best thing they can do because they know the media will pick up on it the media has no memory it's so funny how we have a we have a media that actually has tape and they have archives and they have recordings of of people uh but they but they don't conjure them up anymore they don't bring them up like i don't know what network has played this Harry Reid soundbite, but I'm not quite sure any network will, with the exception of maybe Fox, and and that would take place in the evening time. You're not going to get Shepard Smith playing Harry Reid's 1993 missive on Anchor Babies. It's only 43 seconds, but Shepard Smith will have none of this kind of common sense because he's too busy acting as if the president just is a xenophobic, nativist, racist. And so you're not going to see this soundbite anywhere on on Shepard Smith's show. Maybe you will today. We'll see. But in the meantime, yeah, this is Harry Reid, uh, 1993, people. Oh, hold on a second here. isn't enough. How hold about on. offering yeah, a- Listen,
4: If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No, no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee a full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense at country, county-run hospitals... In Los Angeles, are born to illegal alien mothers. Yeah.
0: So now you know why Democrats are just calling you a racist and why they're calling the president a racist. Because they remember what Harry Reid says in 93. They remember what Claire McCaskill said back in the day. They remember what Barack Obama said. They remember what Hillary Clinton said. They remember what Bill Clinton said. They remember what Joe Biden said. They all remember that, so their only answer is to say that you're just a nativist, racist, and white nationalist, and that's that's the way it's going to roll. But the truth is the truth, and Suzanne points out that this is all over Twitter, and that's why who needs CBS when you have uh, the alternative forms of media that um, – that, that, that are that are out there and that, that that give people access to information that otherwise the gatekeepers wouldn't, uh, wouldn't want you to have. That's also why the media is in a state of, uh, concern right now because they've lost their power over you. It's why they don't like the president tweeting, uh, 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 because they it's their job in their opinion to be the translators of the message. It's, it's their job, uh, not the presidents to speak for himself they 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 speak for him now they'll be the ones to tell you what the president means and what he said but not anymore the president will be the one to tell you what he means and what he said and he'll tweet it out they hate that so they 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 they've they've lost their power and and rightly so and then thank god we have people like Tucker Carlson on the air too on TV on Fox and Laura and and the rest of the team there in the evening time and Sean because uh they're not letting people get away with it either. And one of the things that uh, was a great interview last night, it was with uh, former Trump advisor, Michael Anton. Now keep in mind, I don't have access to that tape from Tucker. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but but I did find Michael Anton and Tucker talking about this in July. And they, and they talked about it in, in similar fashion here. And Michael Anton points out that the 14th Amendment was not a Statue of Liberty amendment, okay? It's it's not the amendment that the left and that certain conservacrats are trying to claim that it is. And it's funny how, I guess, the, the good news is we have actually liberals and left-wingers and Democrats finally honoring constitutional principles, but in this case, it's for the wrong reasons. So... Uh, we might want to say, hey, since you're so excited about the fourteenth Amendment, how about being excited about the second? How how does that sound? Or for that matter, even the first. But no, the fourteenth Amendment is what they're talking about. And it's a, it's unconstitutional. It's like yeah, when have you ever given a rip about given a rip about the Constitution? Now suddenly you are, but you're wrong about it. So even 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 when you attempt to be constitutionalist, you still don't get it right. So Michael Anton's on with Tucker and, and, and talked about the, the 14th Amendment, really what it's all about. It was very revealing, and I didn't know this about the 14th Amendment. In fact, for a while, they were going, oh, yeah, right. Boy, that's going to be a trouble, troublesome thing, but apparently it's not. And we'll see how the uh, strict constructionists on the uh, – our constructionists on the Supreme Court are going to talk about this too because that will be interesting to see. Anyway, here's Michael Anton. He's with Tucker, and uh, this was from July, but had the same issue uh, last uh, last week as well, or, or, or last night on on Tucker's show. But here to hear these guys. Most of us grew
2: it. up learning that the American Constitution, our Constitution, guarantees birthright citizenship. In other words, anybody born in this country, even to parents who are here illegally or simply on vacation,
0: that 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 is true. That we've kind of been all. Raised to believe that, oh, yeah, you're born here, you're a citizen.
2: He's a U.S. citizen and do all the benefits of that for life. But is that really what the Constitution says? Michael Anton does not believe it says that. He's a lecturer at Hillsdale College and a former Trump advisor. Just wrote a piece in The Washington Post arguing that birthright citizenship is not a constitutional requirement. Michael Anton joins us tonight. Michael, thanks a lot for coming on. I'm amazed The Post printed this piece. Good for them. You took a lot of heat for it. People were shocked by the idea that you would even question this. But you made your case partly on legal grounds. Why does the Constitution not say what we've been taught it says? Well, you have to read the whole
3: 14th Amendment. It says there's a clause in the middle that people ignore or they misinterpret, subject to the jurisdiction thereof, thereof meaning of the United States. What they're saying is if you're born on U.S. soil subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, meaning you're the child of citizens or the child of legal immigrants then you are entitled to citizenship. If you're here illegally, if you owe allegiance to a foreign nation, if you're the citizen of a foreign country, that clause does not apply to you. If you read the debate about the ratification of the 14th Amendment, all the senators who are discussing what this is meant to do and what it means are very clear on this point. I tried to point that out. I expected the left would blow up and get angry, which they did, uh, what I didn't expect, at least not to this extent, and what was very disappointing, was how angry the so-called conservative intellectuals got with me. And they essentially said any opposition to birthright citizenship is is racist and yeah. at least not to this extent. And what was very disappointing was how angry the so-called conservative intellectuals got with me. And they essentially said any opposition to birthright citizenship is is racist and evil and un-American
0: that 's one of the most confounding things about all this and the, and these again though are the people, for instance, like the Jonah Goldbergs and the other forty something conservatives who actually don 't read apparently and 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 they talk a good game about how uh, they love the Constitution and how up they are on that, and Ronald Reagan and all that kind of stuff, but they really don 't know anything about the historical backing. Uh, and, and the s- historical premises on which some elements of the Constitution are based. And before I let Mr. Anton continue on, uh, because because th- let me just tell you, and, and he mentioned this last night, but not in this particular interview, so I want to make sure I talk about it, is that the, uh, the 14th Amendment was solely introduced and then ultimately ratified uh, for freed slaves. Because what happened is uh, post-Civil War, the Congress did in fact afford citizen rights, full citizenship to freed slaves. But that idiot Andrew Johnson in 19- in 1866 vetoed it and, and fought it and, and didn't let it happen. And so the people uh, at the time – were very adamant about this and thought that Andrew Johnson, and rightly so, was an idiot uh, and, and a racist and said, okay, so if, you're, if we're not going to be able to get this passed in, in, the, in the legislative arena, we're going to go ahead and take it a step further and then create a constitutional amendment that affords freed slaves constitutional rights to citizenship. That's how we're going to do this. That's what we're going to do. And so we're going to go ahead and and get this uh, ratified, and therefore we're going to install this in the Constitution. So if Andrew Johnson can kiss their rears as far as they were concerned, we're going to make this a constitutional amendment solely focused on granting citizenship to freed slaves. That's what the 14th Amendment was designed to do. So I'll let Mr. Anton continue here because uh, that's significant. I'm still
3: in the middle of this debate, writing back and forth. It'll go on for a while. I'm happy to do it. I'm a happy warrior on these questions. But it shows you, you know, you asked the speaker, why are the uh, Republicans so bad on this question? He gave you some answers. I asked uh, parallel question. Why are the so-called conservatives, the intellectuals, the conservative scholars so bad on this question? That's one of the things I'm trying you're to talking point about out.
2: The, 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 the non-profit people who've been consuming billions of yes. donations for right. 40 years as the country gets more liberal and then yes. lecture people like you that you're sort of not towing right. their line.
0: And Is keep it- in mind also the 14th Amendment, like a lot of things uh, in our Constitution, in our government, uh, ultimately was broadened by liberals. Hamiltonian liberals, people addicted to government expansion under any circumstances whatsoever. And so Hamilton, who not only was a bad shot, he was also a liberal. Uh, People adopted that view of the government, the general welfare clause. So everything that was in the Constitution was expanded to include things it wasn't intended to include. That's why, for, for instance – and unfortunately, Supreme Courts have routinely upheld the Hamiltonian view of our government instead of the Madisonian view of our government. And, and those are even some conservative justices out there uh, who uh, have allowed the expansion of these kinds of concepts to include things they were never intended to include. And the founding fathers never intended – to pass uh, and or, or, and at the time in 1867 to pass ratify this amendment, uh, the, the current the senators then and the and the and the uh, people in Congress then never intended the 14th Amendment to be designed for Russians to come over here and poop a bunch of babies out and have them as citizens or the Chinese or Muslims or everything else. And by the way, this isn't about brown people. Guatemalans aren't coming up here and having the the anchor baby loophole is being most abused by russians and chinese people and people from muslim countries that's 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 those are the people who are using the anchor baby loophole uh the most anyway i'll let these guys uh keep talking here
2: deeply unimpressive group deeply Uh, unimpressive group i'm talking about them if i were you oh i know who you're talking about i'm talking about the Uh, writers and the think tank scholars Oh, I'm very aware of exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) But but let let me ask you this. So the people who wrote the 14th Amendment did not envision a moment where, I don't know, thousands of Chinese would fly to Saipan, have their children there so they could become U.S. citizens, or people would sneak in illegally into this country so their kids would get American benefits. That wasn't kind of a consideration for them. The the purpose of the 14th Amendment was to
3: settle the question of the citizenship of freed black slaves— so this is right after the Civil War, and you have some people in the country citing the Dred Scott decision, widely re- regarded as the worst Supreme Court decision ever, which held that no black yes. person could ever be a citizen. And the Congress said, we're going to overturn that forever and make it clear that if you were born here and you're subject to the jurisdiction, as all freed slaves were, then you are a citizen and no state can take that away from you. But they also make it clear in language in the debates and in the Civil Rights Act of 1866, passed the same year as this debate, by the same Congress. Congress, yeah. that you have to be not subject to any foreign power in order to be eligible for birthright citizenship. And all the people attacking me and freaking out about this, they don't really have an answer to that. They just glide past it no, and try to good. obfuscate and point to other other things that aren't relevant. If you read the debate, it's very clear what the framers of that amendment meant.
0: So, yeah, they have no answers to that little minor detail In the 14th Amendment. And so they're going to call you a racist. They're going to call you a nativist. They're going to call you a white nationalist and they're going to call you anti brown people. And that's going to be the sum total of their discussion here. So hopefully, ultimately, this is going to get some kind of hearing, even at the Supreme Court level. And we can figure it out once and for all and determine it once and for all. But of course, be careful what you wish for. Even with a conservative Supreme Court, you never do know what you're going to get. But uh, you, you do have to recognize uh, at some point when if you are a strict constructionist and if you are a conservative jurist and you are looking at our Constitution, you do have to consider the intent of the amendment uh you do have to consider that uh and, and which is why for instance when they uh keep revisiting the second amendment they consider the intent behind what the founding fathers uh, uh wanted for uh, this country and for its citizenship and each time they look at the intent of the second amendment in spite of what the left says about it which is well they never intended, it was for a militia it was for this it was a well organized militia it's like no it that's true but the well organized militia is put together by people citizens who are armed and and the intention of the founding fathers was actually not to have us have guns necessarily to uh keep the carjacker from taking our car or keep the burglar from uh, cu- uh from from uh hurting us when they pop into our house it was actually so that we could pretend protect ourselves from from the us government that was what the intention of the Founding Fathers was to arm us so that we could defend ourselves against the tyranny of our federal government because these guys knew a little bit about tyranny. So that's how it all worked out. That's how this whole thing happened. That's why this is, uh, is, is the issue. So every time they go back to that, they, they, come, uh, they come to that conclusion that we can't take that ability away. And so we can certainly limit certain aspects of our armaments, and, and they have done so. Uh, but but they but they can't take that basic ability of a citizen to defend themselves against uh, the tyrannical formulation of the federal government. They can't take that away, and and never shall. You'll never be able to repeal the Second Amendment on that basis. So they did take into account the intentions of the framers of the 14th Amendment. And their intent was not to give birthright citizenship to Chinese people who want to come over here and have babies. And, and yet, again, once again, the 14th Amendment has been expanded by the liberals, the Hamiltonian addicts, the Hamilton addicts, to expand it to include as if it's some kind of like inscription on the Statue of Liberty. And and that's not the case. That wasn't the intention of the 14th Amendment. It was designed solely to give citizenship to freed black slaves. And isn't that ironic, though, that uh, the 14th Amendment, which was designed to give freedom to citizenship to freed black slaves, is now being used as a cudgel to beat you over the head and call you a racist for trying to keep the spirit of the 14th Amendment alive? Isn't that crazy? But that was not the intention of the founding fathers uh, or, the, or the framers of that 14th Amendment. And Michael Anton is brilliant in that uh, assessment, and I'm glad Tucker had him on last night. And so keep in mind, this is, should be fun to watch the Supreme Court deal with this because they're going to have to look at the language in the uh, – uh, uh, of the 14th Amendment. And I don't think there's any jurist in the world who actually is an adherent to the Constitution who uh, – can look at the Fourteenth Amendment any way but the way it looks, and and unfortunately now uh, with with the with the left out there, they're all running around calling you racist because they can't say anything but that because they have to call you a racist because if they actually look at the language of their own people, Harry Reid and Claire McCaskill and uh, Hillary Clinton. And Bill Clinton and Joe Biden, who's coming into town here, they they can't they can't defend it anymore because they know these guys had the same concerns about anchor babies. And in fact, Harry Reid. This is 1993. Harry Reid was already talking about it as a big problem. I mean, well, he was you know. Is it any wonder that two thirds of the babies
4: born at taxpayer expense at country county run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers?
0: I mean. That was back in 1993, and, and, and you've got to imagine that, that this thing got out of control eventually uh, after uh, people started getting wind of it, and now it's become an actual industry, people, an industry. So President Trump brought it up, and by the way, that interview I played you uh, for you uh, actually was from July. So the idea somehow that this is some kind of brand-new issue that President Trump just woke up one day and decided he was going to make an issue of it is not true. The anchor baby issue and the birthright citizenship issue has been around a long, long time, going back all the way to the, uh, to the, to the days of Harry Reid in 1993, uh, to July when Tucker Carlson was uh, discussing it on his show, and to now – when we're discussing it as well. So let's get to our friend. Yes, she's in the house. That's right, people. Her name is Lacey Reinhardt, and she's with HauntedSTLTours.com, being escorted in by none other than the alminator. Hi, Lacey. whoa uh, you know of all people of all people who I thought would be dressed up for Halloween I hold on we're gonna get your we're gonna get your mic up there uh you there baby yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna have the alminator come in and and, fi, and fi, you okay?
5: Hello, hello! Hey. Oh, there we are. There she is. <laughs> all <right>. Hi. Hi. Hi.
0: <laughs> how are you? I thought of all the people that I would imagine would be dressed up for Halloween. It be you. I am. <laughs> I'm a
5: small business owner <laughs> and a tour guide and a paranormal investigator for I Halloween.
0: Oh, that's yeah. funny because yeah, it's true. Now, keep in mind, Lacey probably has been. You, I don't know. Heaven knows how many. Costumes you've been in the past five days,
5: many. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: sure. So, you know, give her, give her, a, give her one morning where she doesn't have to have well, whatever it, it is, and it's raining, and it's, it's raining, pouring. Yes. So
5: good night to uh, come to the old courthouse for a tour.
0: Yes, because that we're going to talk about that in a second, and and then also keep in mind the the ultimate costume that Lacey was wearing. Well, the, the one that you're going to see ultimately in a publication coming up, right? Oh, yeah. Is is her dressed up in a, uh, what do they call it again, steampunk?
5: It was a steampunk shoot, yeah. Okay. I don't want to say who I unintentionally embodied, lest I yes. create more problems at the Lent Mansion. But... Yes.
0: I want you to, why don't you get up in that microphone just a little bit more so we can hear your beautiful voice. Sure. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Uh, so, okay, here's the thing. So, late, this is why, and this goes back, and you guys who paid attention to the Lemp Mansion, uh, Radio Free Almond, Halloween, Redemption Bourbon, uh, Southern Glacier sponsored Night at the Lemp, uh, might ultimately, when are, when are you going to see that picture, by the way? Is it, gonna, is it published already? In the next couple of days, next it should couple be of days. out. Yeah. Okay, so, so before we started the whole evening there at the Lemp Mansion, uh, Lacey was modeling for a shoot, a photo shoot, there uh, in in a steampunk, which is kind of a uh, a thing. It's like kind of like a, a manner of dress, so What you find is maybe people in Victorian dresses but leather boots,
1: <laughs> right.
0: right? Something like that.
5: Yeah, okay. it th- think Back to the Future Three. Right. I think that was the start of steampunk.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, the pictures were outstanding, <laughs> uh, and. and uh, can't wait to see him. So that was that was your probably your your first costume change uh, of the season. Probably. Okay.
5: I go to a lot of parties.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so so uh, the uh, so the that that particular photo shoot in my opinion is uh, what I think caused all the commotion. That evening, although because tracing it back, I came to that conclusion that that doesn't mean that that's correct. I'm just saying that I think that Lacey in kind of taking over the joint and adopting even the manner of dress that people who lived there sometimes even wore. I think there were some spirits there who thought maybe they needed to knock you down a peg because they thought maybe you were taken over
5: possibly plus I was really tired. So, and I'm not the one who suggested I was embodying a punk version of the lavender lady who of course at one time was married to an occupant of the Lump mansion, but I went with it when it was suggested and I felt pretty cool about it until the spirits decided I shouldn't feel good about that.
0: That night, it was pretty crazy. And we talked a lot about that the next morning. So those of you who watched the show, uh, Saw how, how exactly how that all went down, and and uh, and it was truly crazy. I mean, and, and, and again, I went in there as not necessarily a skeptic, but I thought, okay, Lemp Mansion, get it. I've been I've lived in St. Louis my whole life, practically, and the Lemp Mansion, I get it, it's haunted, and they've cost, and they have Halloween parties there, and blah blah blah. And I, I understand all that stuff, but but the but the fact of the matter is. Uh, I go in there and 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 everything that I thought was going to happen uh which was nothing. I thought well well maybe we'll you know kind of get some story it'll be kind of spooky whatever. But that that night the craziness was really very apparent and the and the chilly air that was going through and I'll never forget sitting in that lavender room uh and and really feeling like like something was was uh, hovering over me. that was holding me. It was uh, really weird.
5: It, I have a new respect for that house. I'm yeah. in it every week. I've probably been in it at this point hundreds of times, and I have my attention is 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 back. I'm yeah. a little bit more respectful. Not that I was disrespectful. Right, right. I was just comfortable. Yeah. And I that's not my house.
0: The house is owned by something. Uh, uh, but, because, besides or, the, the Pointer
5: family yes, who actually yes, owns it. Yeah, it, yes. it certainly feels that way. Uh,
0: no doubt about it. I mean, it well, was.
5: And here's the thing about the house, too. And we had this discussion last Friday down at the shop. There are so many people that have gone in that house and have tried to cleanse it and, and pray the spirits over. It's not working. So whatever they're doing, they're either inviting new things or they're right. just irritating. Yeah. Whatever's in there, but stop
0: trying to <laughs> cleanse the
5: mansion because it 's not going to happen
0: well and and you uh and and, and by the way Reggie saying oh, I think it's the bourbon keep in mind that 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 was the one thing too, and this is what we're, this is where we get into the uh the ethics of haunted stl tours haunted dot com and lacey 's group itself. These people uh take what they do very seriously so Really, the mandate is nobody's. N- nobody is to do anything that could possibly uh, disturb the credibility of an operation. So people aren't having keg parties and then going out and doing their uh, their their thing. So people are very straight straight laced about their approach. And so you had Tim out there, and Jen was there, uh, mm-hmm. Mary was there,
5: and Mama Kay. Mama was Kay there.
0: was there, who prefers to be called Lisa. <laughs> Mama K for that. That's the one thing I also learned. Not only that the Lemp Mansion is crazy, uh, but also that Mama K is like, you know what? I do have a name. I'm like, I know Mama K. I just want to tell you, yeah, but she's a sweetie pie.
5: She was my Mama K that <laughs> night. I ran to her like my mommy. I, know. I was scared.
0: I know. So, uh, th- so you, th- everybody that they were all setting up. Though there there were cameras set up and there were recording devices set up. Nine
5: and- cameras. We had nine cameras.
0: Nine cameras. Okay, and you all were ultimately. Uh, Re- reviewing that at post Lamp Mansion night, and what what did you find? Did you see anything? What what came out of it?
5: I don't think that anybody has seen anything. Um, Everyone's been pouring over their hours and hours and hours of boring recording, (laughs) which is the not fun part of what we do. Luckily, I'm not, because I'm the tour guide, I don't usually (laughs) get stuck doing that. Right, right. For which I am grateful. Um, Seeing things, no, not so much. Hearing things, yes. We've got the dishes crashing that I talked about. But the frustrating thing about what scared me so bad that morning was the three cameras that were set up in the basement, not a single one of them were working yeah. when that moment occurred. And that's irritating as well as that in itself could be paranormal.
0: Well, the well, the, I, I was down there. The power, they kept on turning off.
5: Yeah. Well, one out of three cameras, if I'm honest, and I have to be, because this is what we do, yeah. we have to be honest even when it's not fun. Right. There was operator error with one of the cameras. Right. But, there should have been two more that worked just fine. And one of the hallmarks of Paranormal Activity is spirits need to get energy from somewhere, and so oftentimes they will drain equipment, and they, they drained ours. And we probably should have known better.
0: Well, because you guys have been out on situ- in situations where uh, the uh, the like a battery will drain, right. That's crazy.
5: Well, and, and one of the reasons that we're now experimenting with a human raising energy as opposed to having it sucked out of a device that we need is th- that. I mean, we're, that experiment came from having equipment drained over and over when you are in a place where there is honest paranormal activity we are trying to find ways to raise energy with people singing and dancing and doing what they do, i.e. our witches, and they're wonderful. Yes. But they've been able to raise enough energy a couple of times now themselves where we can actually measure what they're doing. It's crazy. And I don't know that anybody's done that before. We're yeah. always looking to measure dead people energy. <laughs> right. And now we have living people creating it so that our batteries aren't getting drained and, and it's, it's working. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, uh, all right, so hauntedstltours.com. And you guys, uh, it's a very interesting emblem of what you guys are all about because uh, tonight, Halloween night, instead of actually going out and trick-or-treating or or going to the Lemp Mansion for a costume party or doing whatever, you guys are actually be at the old courthouse. And it's very interesting, uh, the symmetry here with what we're dealing with uh, in terms of uh, this issue regarding anchor babies and the 14th Amendment because it's it's very interesting and, and so timely because in discussing the 14th Amendment, the reason why the 14th Amendment was ultimately necessary and why the framers uh, at that time uh, in Congress decided it was necessary is because of the Dred Scott case, hmm. which actually was adjudicated right there at the old courthouse. It was heard twice. Heard twice, quite possibly one of the worst decisions ever made by the courts any time. Uh, but, but, but that's why uh, Congress said, all right, enough already. This is not going to be the case. We are going to give uh, freed slave citizenship one way or the other, whether it be uh, – and we're going to go over the court's head here. Uh, and we're going to go over Andrew Johnson's head here, and we're going to ratify the 14th Amendment. So you guys actually tonight are going to be – it's its a tour of the old courthouse.
5: It is. It, it, the haunted old courthouse, yes. And it, it's interesting the comments that I'll get on our Facebook page just because we're even doing tours there. It's almost like we we shouldn't even – talk about the old courthouse because at one time there were slave auctions on the steps. And the truth of the matter is, yes, there were, but they would have been part of a larger estate. So if someone declared bankruptcy or somebody passed away, oftentimes those slaves were part of additional property. And it's not pretty, that's not cool, but that's the case. That was not the big slave auction house that I mean, any any selling of human beings is bad, don't get me wrong, yes. but it was a lot worse in Lynch's slave pens, which is at the site of the old ballpark village now. And I don't see anybody protesting ballpark village. Not that anybody's actively protesting us giving tours at the old courthouse, but I don't think they realize we do talk about that. Right? We're not sidestepping history, um, but there's a lot more that happened there than, than that. Right. And while we don't ignore that that was one out of a million things that happened there that we're there to talk about. This place is here. Come and visit outside of a field trip in grade school. Um, Learn about the art, learn about the, the mistakes in the art and some temperamental artists that might still be emotionally attached to some of their work in the building. And, Learn more about an icon that 's in your own backyard that most people don't think twice about, but yet they pass
0: it all the time, yeah, because you guys really in the end what's what's beautiful about the whole operation you guys do is uh is that the uh the 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 actual tours themselves are steeped in history so and, and it's kind of crazy to realize that uh paranormal activity is so tied to history. So in other tours that you've done, you've talked about the uh, history regarding our treatment of Native Americans and, 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 and all around the, you know, in this mound city, so to speak. Uh, and so this is no exception, this this discussion of the old courthouse.
5: This, so the old courthouse was a natural byproduct of doing research for other tours, which seems to be the case for several of the newer tours right. that we have. Um, my grandfather worked as a ranger in the old courthouse for somewhere around 30 years. And I wouldn't say he was a big believer in paranormal activity, but even he had talked about a couple of strange things that had happened in that place a time or two. It You don't have any dead people in the future, so of course it's tied to history. Right. And if you don't understand the context behind decisions that were made here. We were a very strange city. We still are a strange city, but yeah, we were the mound city. We had all these Indian burial mounds that are all gone. Yeah. And if you've ever watched the scary movies, you don't build over Indian burial mounds. Not a good idea. Mm -hmm. And things get weirder from there. And when you get into civil war history, we were a, We've talked about this. We were officially a union state. We had not seceded from the union. We were a slave state bordered by the free state of Illinois, only divided by a river, right. which people could easily, I shouldn't say easily, but people could cross. So we were a, a hotbed of fear and, and worry that maybe my slaves are being educated by these free blacks over here and, well, we can't have that. Right, so right. I mean, a number of laws were enacted just to, keep people from being educated and it, it got just bizarre.
0: Well you had a lot of and, and also it, it was it was really kind of a um a, a a somewhat violent type of uh situation too here because you had this convergence of you had first of all southerners, then you had uh old school French settler families, mm-hmm. then you had Germans then you had the Irish, mm-hmm. and, and all of them kind of had their issues with each other and were fighting and all that kind of stuff. And there's a place called the Cary Patch mm-hmm. here uh, that was the, yeah, the Irish settlement there. And even police, after dark, wouldn't go near the, near the joint because it was so dangerous.
5: Well, a lot of immigrant neighborhoods were self-policing.
0: Yeah, right. And so uh, there's, a, there's a lot of that history going on where, where there's a lot of um, tension Uh, And and not to mention the the tension in the aftermath of the slavery issue, Mm -hmm. and then also with Native Americans. So all that kind of conjures up paranormal activity. Like, it's not just about, you know, spooky man living in a mansion. It's actually, there's a lot of that that, that's floating around, energy.
5: There's so much of that here, and... (laughs) If you watch any of the like ancient alien shows or, or any of that, which I kind of don't, but there's a, a theory that the Mayans only built their cities on ley lines, which are natural sources of EMF or electromagnetic field. And right. the Cahokian civilization was built around the same time that the Mayans were building their cities and the same theory is that they also built on ley lines. And so they're right across the river from us on one side, and our burial mounds were right across the river on another side, and there's definitely some strangeness there, and it's not a coincidence that the Native Americans did pick that place. I mean, we're a a necropolis city on limestone bluffs in between two major river confluence points. We're going to have some energy.
0: Right, yeah, the the limestone. So, uh, But people are asking, too, about the... uh uh, before I get to tonight 's tour and how that whole thing works, uh, people are asking about these tunnels underground i 've heard oh, yeah. you talk about that before so what what is that all about
5: so we 're the cave state we used to be in the mound city, but we 're the cave state, and we are on the largest natural limestone cave system, I think on the continent but big big cave system here mm-hmm. everywhere. And, of course, Native Americans were using those caves 10,000 years ago. Animals used them. We used them during the Civil War to store ammunition. We've used them to hide booze during Prohibition. I mean, limestone is an energy conduit, much like quartz. If you've ever seen a quartz crystal in a watch, quartz is not a magic rock. It just extends the life of the watch battery. And that is a similar situation with limestone. And when you have things like... um, the cholera epidemic of 1849 or, you know, Civil War tensions, you're going to have some of that sort of stored in that limestone. So no one can access the Cherokee Caves. That's a big question almost every time I give a tour at the LEM. Can we get into the caves? No, you cannot get into the caves. Well, who who
0: does get in there? Uh,
5: Army Corps of Engineers, MSD. Most of those caverns are either pumped full of concrete at this point or they're big cinder block size 50-pound boulders down there to keep people from getting in. But when they put in Highway 55, that sort of went away. It just became unsafe. And urbexers or urban explorers will go to a certain point, but I I don't like bugs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get eaten by a spider or a snake (laughs) in these nasty old caverns, and they just really don't go anywhere anymore anyway. Yeah. The, the, there's no Ark of the covenant in the Cherokee cave. So right. just stop people. <laughs> stop trying to get down. You're going to get sick. You're going to get a lung infection yeah. from trying to break in and, and inhaling all that mold and there's, right. There's rats. Don't, you don't want to be in the caves. You just don't want to be.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. One thing about – you'd imagine that somebody who uh, deals with ghosts and haunted things and everything else wouldn't be afraid of spiders.
5: I am afraid of spiders. But you
0: don't like spiders.
5: I, I don't. That's I'm human funny. and I don't want to see a dead person either. <laughs> like if you're supposed to be dead, be dead. But don't <laughs> – no, I don't want to be clairvoyant.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is scary. Uh so okay, so how do we get how do we get to the uh the tours tonight? Like how does this work?
5: So you can order tickets online. It's www.hauntedstltours.com. You can go to our Facebook page and just click on the event and it'll take you right to getting tickets or Because the courthouse is federal property and no money can exchange hands on the grounds. We are set up at Calico's restaurant right across the street. Oh, okay. And we do have our tarot card readers. Our witches are going to be at Calico's tonight. And uh, people can get their tickets there.
0: Yeah. Uh, And uh, Michelle Mm -hmm. is going to be there, right? Michelle
5: and and Carrie Lynn. And
0: Carrie Lynn. Okay, good. And Tim will be there. Yeah, yeah. And Lisa. Okay, good. And Jim that sounds great. So the... the, uh, uh, it, it, wh- wh- why? So you can't do, you can't excha- exchange money on the on the property.
5: Nope.
0: Really. Really. So uh, and and that's just a federal law.
5: It, it's federal property. You can't. I can't set up tarot card readings. And oh right. Get, well, actually, I. I'm not so sure that is even legal, yeah, right. technically. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I don't. Okay, I won't, I won't. I won't get into it too much. Uh, all right. So uh, then, then uh, one thing you mentioned about the uh, about the uh, the paintings there mm-hmm. uh, that I kind of glossed over. But so so you're saying I don't want to give everything away. Now, how many tours are there? Then is it all, all through the night?
5: We do four different tours. They okay. start at six fifteen. Okay. And as people come, we'll just do them every. No, they're about an hour. Wow! So yeah,
0: that's pretty cool. And, and you know, what's great about Haunted STL Tours uh, and Tours dot com, and your shop is right down the, next to the Mansion House Center
5: mm-hmm. on Fourth Street.
0: On Fourth Street, and uh, and and so there's a lot. It's really it's really a cool place to to go into, and you can also pick up some cool stuff there if you want to. Uh, but but that's one thing that's. Cool is it? Is it Lacey and her team? They have access where other people don't. So even it, even when it came to Bel Fountain Cemetery and some places there, uh, there are people who are taken seriously in this business and people who are not. And Haunted STL Tours is taken seriously by these folks. So
5: that's why we're here. Actually, is we've seen the ones that shouldn't be taken seriously, and it's it's rough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
5: this field is already so easily ridiculed. I, I do it. I mean, I laugh at paranormal investigators, too. I yeah. mean, some of them with their carabiners and all their, <laughs> you know, K2 meters, and they really do look like Ghostbusters, yeah. and you just, we have our, our fanatics, for sure, but I St. Louis is a... It's a really cool city. Yeah. And I'm a St. Louis lover first. And being from the show me state, I don't believe what people tell me. I want to go look it up and verify it. Trust but verify. Right. And for some reason, the way we naturally give these tours, we're not scripted. It's not, we're not speaking at you. We're having a conversation with you. Right. And it's nice to see what other people bring to the table because we learn from other people all the time too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting too, and, and and that's one of the things, like I've never really been, I, I've never really, I'm not, I'm not really, I've never really been tied to the whole paranormal thing. It's never been, uh, I've always thought, I've always had this vision of people who do paranormal stuff as being a certain type of person. Like the
5: Trekkies like, of the ghost world. Yeah, the
0: people you, yeah. You, you've described. And so uh, meeting you and knowing what I know about you and your team and everything else, it was kind of like really... Amazing Because it opened up so many brand new doors in terms of historical relevance, in terms of the reality that there is energy and aura out there. And actually it helped that it was Lacey who's kind of like the Marilyn Munster of the world <laughs> to a certain degree. Because there are a lot of people who work with her and she works with. But those people are people, uh, the serious ones trust her. So, for instance, you have people who are truly, like, clairvoyant. You have truly the the, the mediums yes. and people like that who otherwise you are you never are going to have access to. Like, I know Michelle and Carolyn probably would never be at a place like Calico's or something if they didn't trust you. And no. Because, because they're very serious about what they do. Yes. And they don't like to be, you know, kind of... It's, it's not a matter of exploiter. They don't, they don't commercialize themselves. And so if they didn't trust you... Uh, they definitely wouldn't be there. And they're real people. They, these are real people. I mean, uh, absolutely. Yeah.
5: It, it, trust is hard to earn. And when you get to do some of the cool things that we get to do and you're allowed free reign in some of the places we are, we do take that very seriously. It, it is a privilege, and thank you, everybody, who lets <laughs> us go into these places and explore. Right. But... Um, even when I was urbexing younger, I never tagged anything or took anything. They call it architectural salvage. I call it stealing. Yeah, I mean, right. if it's not yours, leave it there and you know, check it out and take some photos and be done. Yeah. So we we are very respectful. We don't need to make up paranormal activity. We don't have to do that. It will happen or it won't. And ghosts don't work for us, and we've certainly found out together that when you're least expecting it is when they'll knock your block off if you're not careful. I I know.
0: That was really something The limit. We'll talk more about that in a second, and we're also going to talk about pro wrestling because we have to. Because uh, not only is it because Matt's dressed up as a pro wrestler, but because Lacey has a certain tie to pro wrestling, too. So we're going to have to uh, deal with that. And one of my favorite stories, and actually I experienced this firsthand, and this is this is a measure of the respect that Haunted STL Tours and all the team actually take, and especially Lacey, uh, based on, on the tours we've taken together. When uh, we were out at Belle Fountain Cemetery, I'll never forget the first time we are out there, and at that point, I was looking for, uh, I was actually looking for Sarah Teasdale's uh, grave. I'm work, work doing some things there that I haven't really talked a lot of, about with, with you about it. But anyway, I've, been, I've always loved Bell Fountain Cemetery and loved the history, the back of the history. We were at Calvary, too. Is that uh, Lacey would go, and, and when she came across a certain gravestone or whatever we visited, she'd start pulling the weeds off of the or, or, or removing the brush from the so so she takes a very loving, caretaking approach to the very things that she experiences and deals with well, I, well, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean it was a pretty good measure of like how seriously you take uh what you do well, and how lovingly you approach your subjects. It, I like that.
5: That's somebody's grandma or grandpa or brother even if they're nobody's anything, they're still somebody. I right just, on. I I don't know. I feel
0: right. like it's my own house. Well, we're going um, to come back, and then we're going to talk a little bit about wrestling. I'm going to pay a couple bills here really quickly, though, first. Because you're listening to Radio Free Alman. and we are live in the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. i want see you shine ddtruckusa.com is the website and we of course appreciate all of you who listen to us and support the show and so that would include of course Eric Naputi thank you brother for your support of the Radio Free Almond product and uh, continue to help me as we approach Radio Free Almond 2.0 Naputi Wellness naputiwellness.com For all of you who are uh, in the throes of kids with ADD, ADHD, maybe migraine headaches, PTSD, stomach pain, back pain, whatever, uh, Eric is not the pill thrower. He doesn't sit there and band-aid the issue with uh, pills or medications. Obviously, there are some people who desperately do need them, and so that's not beyond the realm of comprehension. But what he does is he does, uh, for instance, the non-opioid pain drip. So you have some uh, young athletes in your family, whatever, and they have injuries. The last thing you want to do is get them on pills, pain pills, because that causes problems on down the line. So the non-opioid drip is a great one, and we all know what the opiate problem has been in uh, in this country. And, and so that's something that you don't have to uh, deal with at that point either. So uh, com, he's got his brand new place right there in uh, In Chesterfield, but also in South County as well. It's NiputiWellness.com. And also, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Matthew Mitchell. Matthew Mitchell, 855, quote me, low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. And thank you to Tracy and Rick Ellis, TracyEllis.com. And I'm getting my Santino Cigars and Cocktails signed back eventually. I actually couldn't remember whether I was supposed to pick it up or they were going to bring it to me. So i got to figure that out. i got to call Mike and see what's going on with that. Where'd it go? They took it to rewire it because I, I turned the sign on, and it'd be so bright that it would wash out the entirety of the of the Facebook thing. So they were going to put something in it that was going to create a dimming effect, so that it would be you could see it, but it's, it's still dim, and 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 so it wouldn't wash everything out. See,
5: not a spotlight. That's
0: how that happens. Got but so, but but then I realized, was I supposed to go pick that up? And what a shame it would be to have to go to Santino Cigars and Cocktails and have a Yippie Caye, you what, know? what is that? That's a bur- it's a whiskey.
5: That sounds delicious. It's a High
0: West whiskey. It's called Yippie Kaye. It's really good. All right. If you're a whiskey person, High West actually it's a good uh, it's a great brand. Of course, we had Redemption, Rye, Needed and it. Bourbon. There. That was right. Needed that's it. when we had the, That's when you had that's the when Bourbon I had drink after a, a spirit pushes you against a wall.
5: Figuratively. I'm not going to say it literally pushed me. Well, then, yeah. Th- then I become what I make fun of. But it's happened. Right. I Now I believe it more.
0: I'm telling you, there were... When I could never forget being there. And while, you, while I was at the top of the stairs, and everybody was kind of in this stair stair area. And so we weren't really in like a hallway or anything. I was in a stair area. So you wouldn't necessarily have some kind of breeze coming your way. Uh, and I'm telling you, when when we were all talking there was i was really slightly freaked out because there was this cold these cold air waves going through my legs and stuff like that and it was and it was cold yeah i mean it was it was kind of freaking me out
5: i've never i, I mean i've i've watched enough paranormal tv I used to. I avoid it like the plague now. But I've I've watched enough of it to know I know what cold spots are. I know how they yeah. behave. Yeah. I, I've heard people talk about. I've been attacked by a spirit, and I think you need a therapist. Like more than anything, I just hauntings are usually just so subtle. That's just not what happened there, and it, it's crazy. And I, I fully intended to make that a show about debunking. Yes. All the stories that have grown legs over the years, and I, and I. I, like, I kind of want to redo on that because I still think there are so many stories that need to be debunked about that house. There is no nursery suite that's attached to the house. That's a Queen Anne tower that was built to be a boardroom. Right. There is no Zeke the Monkey Boy. <laughs> and and maybe there's a spirit named Zeke, but it, it's not the bastard child of William Lump Jr. And I mean, just these crazy stories. And why do they call legs. him the
0: Monkey Boy again?
5: So supposedly there was a, a child born with a some sort of disability. Everybody goes to Down syndrome, but we don't know if that's true or not right. and and was supposedly locked in the attic or raised on the third floor of this house. But no one talked about any ghost stories at all about the house until around the 1950s, which makes sense because you have a highway being put in and you're disrupting a whole lot of things now and you're cutting through the property and things get weird when you remodel and change walls and you're messing with people's structures. Right, Um, right. People who are emotionally attached may not appreciate that. It's like you're coming in and invading their home. Right. But many people died in that house besides the Lemp family. It did have a boarding house era from 1949 to 1960 and was very run down. And the only reason the Lemp mansion still stands besides the loving care of the Pointers who bought it in 1974 and have been there for a very long time. But the Demonil mansion that's on the corner – is a Greek revival mansion that people were screaming about, please don't tear this down, right around the same time they were going to put in the highway. And that whole street was slated for demolition. Wow. So because people banded together to save the Nil, the limp was ultimately saved too.
0: Wow, okay.
5: But for a long time, there were a lot of people that were somewhat transient in that house that did pass away. And most people who report apparitions report people in 50s and 60s era clothing. Right. And I've always been... I'm sort of the girl that always roots for the nerd or the underdog, and have always felt like those people deserved a voice, and maybe they still do. I don't, I, but like a hippie since, ghost, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but since we had that experience, what two weeks ago now, uh-huh. it's been strange yeah. downstairs. It has been really weird, and I've had two tours now where other people have also seen things like the lights in the basement. I had them turned all the way up, and right. they somehow got brighter. When I started talking about the Arsenal Street Asylum that still exists, Yeah, I left, and they're like, they thought I was kidding. When I was walking out of the basement, tour's over. They, they thought I was joking Damn. until I was halfway up the stairs. and I'm like, are you coming? Yeah. They're like, you're serious. I'm leaving. I'm not going to... Play around with that anymore by myself downstairs.
0: Yeah, because you know, in, in the, in the, uh, when I was in that room in the lavender suite, uh, and, and you guys were downstairs, and then, cause I was working on the show up there for the next day, cause all still, still had to cover kind of the issues of the day at the same time, and then, and you were down there, which just, which accounted for my delay after I heard right. the scream, uh, down there. Anyway. It took you
5: way too long to see what we were all screaming about, <laughs> was, by the I way. Just, I just was, Save I yourself, know, Jamie.
0: I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so i so but, but, I was in this room and and I was sitting there and and i I was really kind of i was really uncomfortable and and, and I felt like I was in and this is going to sound weird but it, but it's it 's how i felt i was felt like I was in somebody 's mouth and and what I mean is I felt like I was in some place where I really didn 't belong there first of all. And I, I just felt like I was not really supposed to be there. I didn't feel
5: you had the unwelcome vibe.
0: A little bit, yeah, I mean I, I, I just felt like it, but, but it, it, it was either like I was in the, in the mouth of some kind of like whale or something like, like I would imagine, or I was being looked at. and I think that's way too simple and too cliche, but I felt like it was like, like I felt like one big what are you what the hell are you doing here?"
5: Thing. Well yeah and think about it too how many how many books have been written about the lamp How many radio shows and Halloween specials and things have been done there at the expense of spirits and you can be a Zach Baggins type and watch him be watching this or something and come after me but you don't sit in a room and say come at me bro yeah. you don't antagonize <laughs> right. no. things because even if you're the big fish here, you're going to die at some point and you're going to be face to face potentially with that thing that you were egging on. Yeah. Right. They were a little tougher back then, Zach. So just just saying, I I don't think it's wise to do that. Plus respect your elders for the love, you know, like these people lived and died and deserve to be talked to like people because that's what ghosts are. They're, Dead people,
0: and and also I think it was great too. And then we're going to get to uh, the wrestling thing in a second. But uh, the other thing that's that's interesting too, and and this is important because uh, one of the things that's a little disturbing about some of the like the Lemp Mansion issue is that everybody just kind of writes the Lemp's off like they were just a bunch of crazy, uh, horrible people. Yeah. And the reality is the Lemp family really, I mean. I, there was a lot of misfortune and a lot of bad luck and a lot of bad timing and a lot of this and that, that they, and they didn't adjust to post-prohibition. I mean, there's a, a lot of business decisions were made, a lot of family strife and that kind of thing. And so uh, it's more than just, oh, those crazy lamps. It was really, and, and that's what I think is the other benefit of HauntedSTLTours.com and you, what you guys do, is that you respect people, but you also give, and that's why it was kind of cool that we had Redemption Bourbon, Uh, flowing uh, and sponsoring the show because, because there's a certain redemption quality to what you all do and that you're almost like clearing someone's name, accepting what happened at the house, accepting what happened with the family, but not uh, disparaging them to a point like, oh, those no. the Lemp's were all sick people and they killed killed themselves. And But there's more to that story, so you have some empathy for who Whose they are. Whose family
5: doesn't have issues? I mean, yeah. if, if your favorite son, an heir to your empire, dies unexpectedly at 28, which is what happened in the case of the Lemp family, Frederick Lemp died of a heart condition way too young, that was devastating. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course you're going to have some depression, and it's not like... There was an employee assistance program back then. People weren't discussing mental health and melancholy, as it was called. Right, right. I mean, ran rampant. Men could, husbands could institutionalize their wives in places like the Arsenal Street Asylum for things like depression. Right. And we didn't really understand mental illness, so we didn't talk about it. And yeah, you had a family struggling And I don't think that deserves ridicule. I think understanding is it, do people want to see a ghost or experience something paranormal because it's different and they will feel special? Yes. Is something going to go home with you from the house? No, that house has been there since 1868. Whatever spirits are in there, don't want to go home with you or the house wouldn't still be haunted. You're not going to come in there with your sage and clear the house. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. You're not, it's not working. Um, They're
0: going to come home with you so you can put them in your ghost aquarium. Right.
5: Ghosts don't work for you (laughs) or me. And we tell the stories and we talk about the theory behind paranormal activity that either we've experienced or that people have reported over and over again. And we just go from there. And for some reason, doing this honestly and naturally and, and not from coming from Area 51, with our stories, people like it. Right. And it's, it's been really fun.
0: All right, so uh, now to the costuming. And uh, I'll kind of like float into this segment the way I opened the show. It's true. It's true. It's, it's, true. it's true. The, the crown, crown has so made it clear. The, the, the climate must, must be, perfect. be perfect. Oh, yeah. Come on, Lacey, sing with me. A law was made, made a distant moon ago here. here. July and August cannot be too hot. And there's a legal limit to the snow here in Camelot. Oh sorry, Richard, didn't mean to step on you. I don't know this part of the remote
2: forbidden till December. Till December! I'll
0: just do this. March the second. On the dot! By order summer lingers September in Camelot. Lacey, have you heard this before? Come on, now. Camelot. Camelot. Is there a remix? I know it sounds a bit bizarre. So I'm, I think I'm dressed as Richard Burton. I don't know. Camelot. Camelot. That's how conditions are. Come in here, Alminator. Let's uh, fight. Or dance, actually. Let's do that. Pinky's out.
1: In
0: a more congenial spots for happy ever after than here in Camelot Oh, they pulled me off! <laughs> I played this earlier. Did they pull me off of this? It's Camelot. You guys can't do that. Oh. You're the we're king! Back. I'm the king! Off with their heads. Camelot. Camelot Camelot I know person it's, it's, it's just the uh, broadcast It's just the uh, internet connection Camelot, Camelot. Is it are
1: the, are. Are. the snow may never So up on
2: the hillside.
0: Matt is dressed up as the alminator And he didn't know The not, not, not are more congenial spots, spots. For happy ever aftering than here here. in Camelot. Yes, people. So he's dressed up as uh, the almanator, and Matt didn't know. I told him, I said, Lacey's going to love your costume, first of all, because you're dressed as a wrestler. And it just so happens that Lacey Reinhardt's dad... (laughs) This, this actually is a, a really cool thing, is used to be a wrestler at Wrestling at the Chase. Yeah. And, okay, so... And, and, uh. and, and Lacey and her dad are really close, which is cool. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Uh, does he listen to the show, by the way? Yeah. Oh, he does? Yeah. Okay. So he was he was kind of like... Uh, I, I, I said this earlier. He was kind of like goth before goth was cool, right?
5: My dad looked like Gary Oldman's Dracula when <laughs> okay. I was a kid and sideburns and long hair and always had a motorcycle and yeah. real, you know, badass kind of guy. He's <laughs> not, he's a big teddy bear and love him to pieces, but yeah.
0: Okay. So what was he, where was he? Uh, so what was his stage name and what would what, what, what he do?
5: I can't believe you're making me do this. So my dad's, character was Eric Von Ryan and he wore a cape and the whole unitard and not quite the Nacho Libre getup that <laughs> Alminators got going on, but they, he was part of a, a group of bad guys yeah. And, and they weren't very PC then. It was, you know, all in good fun and we yeah, sure. were friends and so, you know, nobody really hated one another, but, um, he was a Nazi, <laughs> he, he was a bad guy, but he was a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. He was Eric Von Ryan and. People, I think that's still his password, as superstar EVR for everything.
0: <laughs> P- people know. I mean, I guarantee you, if, if they're my age uh, and, and they watch Wrestling at the Chase every Sunday, I think it was – was, I, I remember it being on after church. I thought it was always on about 11 o'clock or so on Sunday, I think. And I think it was live. But it was uh, but Eric, people know eric von ryan they they know all these guys, Harley race and yeah. d- 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 you you knew those guys too, right?
5: I have grown up knowing the names, okay. and I know that they they were around who right. was who i I couldn't really tell you, I have vague memories of watching my dad, but I was two or three years well, old, oh yeah, of course, yeah, and I was a little bit of kid, so I To me, I just look at these photos and think that he looked like Ron Jeremy with the big sideburns and just, And I've never seen a a Nazi that had long, dark hair like he did either. Again, it's just to character people, but,
0: yeah. Well, that's okay, because when when we were always, uh, when we were, when I go to, to, uh, you know the movies with my dad, and we'd we'd go. you would see all these Nazi movies, and, and 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 I I was the Nazis in those movies always spoke with English accents. I was always, always kind of really like really like, what are, like like Hardy Kruger and these guys were all talking like you know Maximilian Shell. They all spoke kind of like in, with English accents. Like you're a Nazi, that's okay. So no, I mean it was it was. Uh, and then he had the he had the helmet with the spike on it, right? He the, the no, oh, I he don't didn't. Okay, think
5: no, I don't think Dad ever had that. I, I think that was the Baron von <laughs> oh
0: Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Because so, some people mentioned that earlier, and I, I knew that wasn't him. So I thought maybe, okay. I just wanted to clarify that No, my,
5: my dad had the long, flowing red satin cape with, I think it was a big iron cross on it. And the, the shtick was, I guess, people would come out and they'd like pat him down and they'd pull like wrenches and razor blades and
0: stuff out of his
5: boots. And, you know, that's my dad. That
0: is hilarious. But I
5: grew up thinking that was like everybody's dad. I mean, my first day of preschool was on the back of a chopper, and I just assumed that was everybody else's mode of transportation as well. And I think it was probably around the age of 13 that I realized, I think my parents are different. <laughs>
0: well, because your mom was actually a singer, right? Like mm-hmm. a lounge singer.
5: Mm-hmm. Mom was a singer. Dad was a TV wrestler.
0: That is amazing. I love it. And so, And I you- grew
5: up in Baden, which is pretty rough neighborhood until dad moved out of there. Maybe I think I was around 15. Right. But I call that well-rounded.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Right.
5: (laughs) I just call that cultural exposure. That's all.
0: That's pretty funny. So so your dad would take you to school on the back of his uh, chopper?
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and it got better. When I was older, he had this 1952 GMC pickup truck. This big old white truck, and I remember when I was in high school, I would make him drop me off like two blocks from the school, <laughs> so nobody saw me getting out of the truck, and now I think it's cool, but right, you know exactly, then you're course. like, oh why do we have to stand <laughs> out I hate this
0: yeah I know i I know the feeling It's really that's that's funny so uh Baden is uh, is it nice is a is it, is now a, a kind of a still budding area. Is it improving? <laughs> That's right? a nice way
5: to put it. Um, we've got some rough parts of town. Uh, yeah, Baden's, yeah. Rough. <laughs> Baden's rough. Baden's um, rough. North City is rough. I just read yesterday, St. Louis has somewhere near five thousand vacant homes and abandoned homes. Yeah, and I think four out of that five thousand are probably all in North City. Right, and I can say that because I'm from there. I went to Woodland Elementary School. I grew up in Jennings and Baden. I am a, a North city county kid more than anything. And yeah, it, it's still rough. Now I will say they've repaved North Broadway running through Baden. And last I heard there was a microbrewery going in, which would be amazing. I mean, it has, it's a beautiful neighborhood. It, like every other neighborhood that sees Decline; it can come yeah. back.
0: Well, we 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 talked about this yesterday uh, because I was talking about desegregation and, and and the ways in which our leadership kind of uh, r- ruins segregated, yeah. yeah, and keeps it segregated. But one of the things that I've really learned a lot about uh, in in knowing Lacey uh, and and Mama Kay, Lisa was the one who introduced me to her when you guys started uh, the tours dot com, is a, a brand new appreciation for. St. Louis and St. Louis history, and even for that matter, St. Louis architecture. Which oftentimes, you know, we we walk downtown or walk along Washington Avenue, whatever, and and, and we don't pay attention to anything above us. You know, we're just just right straight forward. But if you looked above you, or actually, you go anywhere. I mean, you could go around here to the hill and see magnificent things if you just look. And I'll never forget going down to Carondelet with you, and I I was it was crazy because I. Forgot all about it or never learned much about it. And there were homes down there like from the 1700s mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, and yet, normally. Some of the
5: oldest structures in the city are in Carondelet. It was its own city until 1871. Wow. It wasn't part of St. Louis. And, and we have ties. There's a St. Louis Jack the Ripper suspect. That was arrested and actually jailed in Carondelet. Oh, really? The, the number two Jack the Ripper suspect during the era of the Whitechapel murders, and it was a man named Francis Tumblety that spent an awful lot of time in St. Louis. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, you well, you go down there, and one of the things we saw down there was a uh, building. I was like, "What is that building?" And it was right across from some um, stables. It looked like well, they looked like horse stables, but you had a place where they oh, that's where they kept the horses when they switched them out for the carriages and all that, I'm like, wow, this is all still here. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you also, uh, in downtown, uh, the, what is the place? Uh, it's the near North side. It's right about where cast starts, I guess, I think, yeah. uh, right near the post dispatch building. Uh-huh. There's a, there's like an old roadhouse down there. So or
5: there, there is a house, um, that is not marketed as being a haunted house. It, 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 it is. Haunted. Sorry. Um, it's positive, but it's a house where there was a lot of music, and it was a tavern and a gambling house and a brothel at one time. And you still get the sense of some of that in there, but it's the last federal architecture-style building in that area. And right around the corner is the Scott Joplin House, and there, there's a song called The Ballad of Stagger Lee that... Sort of originated on the same street where that house is
0: located see i, I didn 't know that either i 'm I, I no of the ballad of stagger lee, but i, I didn 't know that it was here
5: There are so many firsts that St Louis was that we don 't talk about or we don 't remember or we just don 't care. But the whole term Mac Daddies, you know, I'm a Mac Daddy. I'm a Mac yeah. Daddy. We talked about this, I think, the first time I was in here. Obama is a Mac Daddy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
5: Mac Daddy was a group, the Macs, the Mac Daddies were a group of pimps here in St. Louis headed by Stagger Lee. He was a Mac Daddy. And they were they set themselves apart by their strutting style, also known really? as the Pimp Limp. So the Pimp Limp <laughs> and the Mac Daddy started here in St. Louis. Really? He, he was called the OG, the original gangster by Rolling Stone magazine. That started here. We were rocking and rolling until about the 1890s when we lost a railroad deal to Chicago, which is what our rivalry with them is really all about. It's not their pizza. It's not your pizza, and it's not your hockey. (laughs) It's the railroad deal that we lost, and that was the beginning of St. Louis's economic decline. And where you have people struggling to pay bills or they're scared about not having that – you are cranking up the tension and the anxiety. that, again, we're over this massive limestone cave system. Throw in some politics and maybe a Great Depression, and you've got some haunted stuff.
0: Wow! I mean, I you know, I I, I it'd be interesting to uh, write ultimately. A, there, there's a, there's a really interesting book uh, called Low Life, and it's a, and it's written by Luke Sante. And I do believe, I almost believe that the gangs of New York was was actually based on that book i don 't i can 't remember but but the low life was all about uh new york City uh, around the ter- in the eighteen eighties turn of the century there and it was a rough ass place i mean it was it, it was i mean people think that things are kind of str- strifey now and violent now and everything else but I mean hell, you go back to St Louis, even go down to the police department there, and you will see uh, when it comes to police officers who've been killed look at the, the at the at the 1920s mm-hmm. and there were there were police officers killed practically once a month here in St. Louis mm-hmm. uh and and it was it was a rough place back in the 20s and the in the early teens and and, in, and the turn of the century and i think it'd be fascinating you could you we could write a book just like Luke Sante did about New York it's like you have time, but you know,
5: right? Well, I can't write any kind of real book until my parents are gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't want them to, to know all the things that I know about, I guess. Um,
0: that you did
5: that, maybe that too, but well, because
0: what one of the things you did do, uh, when you were younger is, uh, well, don't get me in trouble. Well, I guess other people, dad's were watching partying or whatever, but you used to, you used to explore, I mean, you used to go into, uh, what do they call it again? Uh, what, what what did you call it when it comes to urban, urbexing? urbexing.
5: Urban exploration. Urban exploration. Yeah.
0: But when you were like a teenager, you were doing that.
5: Well, when I was a teenager, it was the the mid nineties. <laughs> and <laughs> what sorry. a bit! Oh,
0: she did be. <laughs> I am sorry.
5: <laughs> um, yeah. So when I was younger, there weren't as many surveillance cameras and. Yeah. Pyramid Corporation owned a bunch of buildings downtown then, and they sort of went belly up, and it was a bit of a free-for-all for a while. Um, and, yeah, I, I, when you grow up here and you are very comfortable, I walk into a abandoned crack house like I own it. And do it in broad daylight. If you're going to urbex, just do it in broad daylight because you look a lot less suspicious, <clears throat> not to mention thugs and people who want to kill you or probably not awake at 10:30 in the morning. <laughs> so that's the best time to do it, but yeah. I don't recommend trespassing. I don't recommend doing those things, right. but now it's a lot harder to get away with. And by the way, if you do get busted, it is a trespassing charge, and if you have a firearm, it's burglary in the first. So be very careful. And you never know who's going to be in some of these houses too. Sometimes you meet the living dead, which is not good.
0: No, and and and, but you also always have uh, cigarettes,
5: cigarettes, and little mini bottles of booze. (laughs) Yep. If you do run into somebody that doesn't want you there, you just here you go. Happy birthday! Have a good day. I'm out. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly.
5: Like a prison currency.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, you're saying too. Sometimes it's a little bit. uh, It's a little bit. You're you're covered a little bit by the fact of who you are and how you look and everything else. Like somebody just wandering around, uh, you don't look harmful potentially to them, but they're all they are wondering what the hell you're doing there. Well,
5: they're looking for the rest of the entourage. (laughs) I think is she's got an army somewhere. Where
0: are her guards? Yeah,
5: just me.
0: That's funny. I'm just fast. I love it. All right. So again, uh, tonight, uh, Haunted STL Tours, uh, they have the uh, the tours tonight at the old courthouse. That that's that should be so cool. I've I've got the uh, kids and everything else. I, I'm, I'm half wanting to come down there. Well,
5: uh, we eventually. don't dress up the courthouse. The courthouse will look like it does on a random Tuesday, any other time of the week or the year. And you're coming to get the stories and the walkthrough and we'll point out some things that people probably wouldn't notice on their own necessarily. Right. Right. Um, but it's not a kitschy tour. It's a good family friendly, entertaining, and you still might learn a thing or two. Yeah. And it is haunted, which is the whole point of us
0: being there in the first place. That's amazing. That'll be so cool. So everybody's gathering then at calico's across the street mm-hmm. and then Michelle and Carrie Lynn will be there and they're doing readings, mm-hmm. tarot card readings and uh, and and that'll be that'll be fun too. And then and and it's it's interesting though in your industry, at least well, well at least for you, like Halloween is kind of another Monday basically because it, well I mean it's it's anticlimactic to a certain degree because you guys have are what you do is kind of
5: yeah when everybody's dying everything. Easter eggs later. <laughs> we'll still be doing this. Like we're still <laughs> right, in right. haunted houses in March and April. Yeah. And this is out of people's minds. Every day is Halloween for us.
0: Now, is there a, now, is there a day though also that other people, uh, like Michelle or Carolyn, who are, are would you call them witches oh, yeah. or, okay. Uh, so I didn't want to, I want to be careful, but, but, um,
5: <laughs> witches with a W.
0: <laughs> right. Um, so, but they have a different day that they commemorate correct
5: so yes so the, the the real halloween is pronounced samhain it looks like samhain on your calendars but samhain is the celtic holiday samhain actually means november um in i guess gaelic right. um but the tradition was you know 3000 years ago in ireland um the druids which were the the priests um would celebrate this day where you honor your ancestors. And it's the one day of the year where people who have died within the previous year can come back to sort of roam around the earth. And you're also sort of heralding in wintertime. And so it's the time of year where the veil is the thinnest and, and you know the living and the dead can communicate. And that scared people. Back then, I mean, 3,000 years ago, you were very much at the mercy of the elements and the land and what you could harvest. And so, Samhain being celebrated late in the fall season was really the ushering in of winter. And people would leave sweets and things on their doorsteps or in front of their places where they were living to appease the spirits so that they wouldn't come in and bother them. And that's where the tradition of trick or treating
0: comes mm, from. Okay, so what day is it then?
5: Uh, November seventh. November seventh.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
5: This year here it is. Wow. And that's I cool. I will be celebrating that day. So I love Halloween. Halloween yeah, is sure. still my favorite holiday. Um, but I do the we'll do the old courthouse, and I'll probably be at home watching Garfield's Halloween later. You know, like it's sort of like a uh, New Year's Eve right. is amateur night. I'd yeah. rather drink on a Tuesday, <laughs> right. you know, and right. it's not so crowded. So I'll be Garfield's, celebrating that
0: Garfield's Halloween is that your. Uh, Garfield go to?
5: Halloween and Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah, right. I love it. <laughs> Heck yeah.
0: All right, Lacey Reinhardt, thank you so much for being with us. Thank and com is where, where you can get your tickets and more information. And uh, are you going to be at the shop later on today? Or? I will
5: be at the shop, yes. We're okay. going to be open today, probably till around 6.
0: Okay. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff there. And some of it's serious stuff. It's not like, you know.
5: We have metaphysical things yeah. and we have some different. Yeah. stuff at the shop.
0: It's a, it's a cool place. And so it's right next to... What's what's the exact... It's right next to Mansion House. It's yes, right there. It's
5: 338 at the, North 4th Street. Okay. Right next to... Man- in between Mansion House and Gentry's Landing.
0: Mansion House and Gentry's Landing. Awesome. Okay. Uh, tonight, tours of the old courthouse. And really, I mean, if, some of you might even be... Are you the people that turn your lights off and leave okay. the neighborhood <laughs> and try to find something to do? Well... Uh, this would be perfect for you if that if you're one of those people.
5: Leave a bowl of candy. Yeah, leave a bowl of candy. I know I get it. But Don't get it. abandon.
0: <laughs> but some of you, some of you do uh, do that, and you're looking for a plan and instead of seeing a movie or something. Go down to the old courthouse. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a really educational night, but also you know
5: plenty of parking. Don't mystery. freak out about downtown. Oh no, it's fine.
0: downtown's great. I mean, people need to realize that there's a. This town has a hell of a lot to offer, and we just need to embrace it and also uh, envelop it and appreciate it. I think sometimes we just take so much for granted here that we, uh, we miss it. So thank you to Discovery Design, Truck Care, and Manufacturing. Thanks for the studio, you guys ddtruckusa.com and thank you to Golden Oak Lending three one four five six seven gold now is the best time to buy a house when you go into the winter time yeah that is the best time you think it's uh, not the best time it is the best time even with rates going up a little bit too refi is great get your mortgage check up there three one four five six seven gold and of course Matthew Mitchell 855-QUOTE-ME Procter Drapery Procter love like doctor procterdrapery.com and also, Daputi Wellness, DaputiWellness.com. Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there on Vogel Road in Arnold. Thank you so much for your support. And Rick and Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com, thank you so much for all that uh, you all do, too. So, uh, Lacey Whiteheart, great to see you. Me too. And have a great day, everybody. Happy Halloween to all of you. Matt Morgan, thanks a ton. See you.